1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And if I sound a little bit like Mr. Rabato tonight, it's because there's storms directly over my house. Uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Auntie Nanny. And uh, tonight is—it's really a full house, surprisingly. Um, with me tonight is the best producer, money can't buy, which is good because I'm still not paying him. Very here this evening.
2: <laughs>
0: Fine, all the storms where I am have gone away. So. Yeah,
1: well, they've all gone away here. I um, we I had some audio issues on my end with some updates and stuff, and uh, I swear I've got a stress breakout just from that. Um, also with me is Miss Jeannie K. She'll be here for a little while tonight. Hi, Jeannie, how are you? I'm good, Jan. How are you? I'm good. And
0: welcome back, Jeannie. Me... Yeah.
1: Yes. Yay. And with me, with us this evening is the wonderful Mr. Alex Clark are you ready to do the update sir
3: sure it'll be a quick one
1: okay uh welcome to the casa update for the week of 9 12 2016. how's it going it's going well how about you
3: good uh and i'll apologize in advance. Dropout. i'm technically okay. on vacation oh. for a few oh. days nice found the worst internet in all of cape may new jersey
1: Oh, I don't know. The internet world works pretty bad, so <laughs> it can't be that bad. <laughs> I can still hear you, so it's not that bad.
3: <laughs> That's good.
1: Okay. Can you tell me about the bus tour? or the? Uh, tour? Yes, I'd
3: love to. Um, okay. So we are still finishing up uh, some funding for the tour, but uh, as far as I understand, very close. Um so anybody who's out there who uh would like to sponsor the tour or, or make a donation, um do that through the website. Uh and unfortunately I'm
1: that's okay, I'll get it.
3: <laughs> if you could that'd be awesome. Um but uh yeah, this has uh been pretty amazing port that, that... Mhm. Special thanks to uh, Paul Blair from Americans for Tax Reform. It's really done a lion's share of the work on this um, job, putting all of this together. So, um, yeah, and this is the vaping community at the very least. See, um, it's not really a win, but uh, see some action in uh, in case anybody hasn't really looked at the site to see what we're doing, um, there's sort of all elements at play here. Uh, substantial PR effort, you know, in cities that we're visiting, there would be opportunities for um, press conferences, town hall style type meetings. Certainly, it needs to have meetings in district with congressmen and or, and or their staff. Right. um bringing the message to port the cold bishop amendment mm-hmm. generally change the predicate date the tobacco, tobacco control act mm-hmm. um we don't have all of the dates set in stone okay. so um generally there's a list of states where we will be through uh, I'm not going to list them all here, but uh, I believe okay. we'll be starting in Nevada, California, Oregon, Washington, okay. and making our way back towards Washington, D.C., tentatively ending in D.C. around the 26th of October, um, and along the way with uh, lawmakers. And, um Uh, interesting thing to note is that uh, I I think one of the concerns was that we may not have the opportunity to actually meet with lawmakers in October but uh, some news that's coming out of DC this week Mm -hmm. towards the end of last week is that um, what we expect or what crossed we'll have one has a likelihood of happening
2: right. is
3: that by the end of September Congress passed a resolution
2: okay
3: and something to keep the government funded okay. through uh, the beginning of December
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, this will not be the massive budget bill that's passed every year right. just the continuing resolution so that they can deal with it after the election Sure. Um, and there's some other kind of ongoing battles uh, that require funding and funding talk um, that sort of plays into this DR being passed. Okay. Um, but that's great news for us. That means got the month. Well, uh, you know, all Congress will go home for October, and that will give us hopefully a little bit better access to these lawmakers. Uh, sure. Be able to put some businesses who are constituents of theirs in front of them yeah. and uh, actively make the case to support for predicate right. date.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Awesome.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so that's um, developing good news.
1: Right. It really is. I'm, I'm
3: otherwise, it's like, hit the road. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I uh, saw Greg post that they needed to send you and Julie camping supplies.
3: Yeah, that's kind of uh, we're the lowly consumer, so we're gonna have to carve out places to sleep underneath picnic tables at rest areas.
2: Oh God, you guys! <laughs> now, now I
1: feel terrible. I oh. I think we'll
3: I think we'll end up finding some hotels it, it, because this is a I, you know, I think people, when people see RV, they think like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, you're going to have, you know, six people living on that thing for a month. Um, (laughs) no, that's not, that's not. Yeah. The the vehicle is essentially a traveling office slash meeting space for, uh, the press. Mm -hmm. So, uh, really no one is living on the RV (laughs) kept clean presentable and, uh, to yeah. some extent a professional face of this tour um so yeah we don't anticipate anybody actually sleeping on the thing
1: well um, i mean if you have to i guess you could
3: if we, if have, we to, have to, to yeah. yeah
1: you know which um, is...
3: actually somewhat somebody, somebody sent a picture of weather conditions in wyoming already um so, so you, never you never know we may right. have to pull over and spend the night in the rv in case something I 80 or I 70 gets shut down.
2: Right.
1: Sure. That makes sense. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, but crossing fingers hasn't gotten yeah buddy all that far. <laughs> so, <laughs> not, not vapors really. should well know. Yeah.
1: Hopefully the government doesn't do anything. Oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's exciting, and you and Julie are both going? That should be fun.
3: Um, yeah, well, I I have signed up to drive.
2: Oh, that'll be I
3: good. W- I will be driving uh, practically the entire time, uh, if wow. not the entire time. Um,
2: ne- still neither
3: still- of you
4: have a camper? What's that? Neither of you have a camper?
1: They're no. going in an RV, so...
3: Going in an RV.
4: I'd have to take my own house. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so yeah, there, there's the link in case you hadn't seen it. So, so yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. It looks exciting.
3: Yeah, it will be. I'm forward to it. Uh, good group of people, and uh, looking forward to hanging out with everybody along the way. Um, ideally, uh, move the needle in our direction.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would that would be fantastic. Yeah. So, is that about it for tonight, Alex?
3: Uh, one more thing to mention. Uh, September twentieth. Okay. Syracuse, New York. Okay. Um, myself and Greg Conley will be. Uh, attending a, sort of a New York safada get-together. Hopefully okay. um, I will be wrapping up the Kasat newsletter. There'll be a more fleshed out announcement about that Okay. for uh, people in New York State to okay. getting to know their safada people and some yeah. just from Greg and myself. So we'll have the details on that. I know Cheryl Richter has posted about that. So uh, if you're in New York state, definitely be on the lookout for that. September 20th. Yeah. And then, yeah, the end of September is going to be sort of getting ready to hit the road for me. I'll be doing a lot of driving the last week. So September 20th, I'll be in Syracuse, New York. And then September 24th, um, this isn't necessarily something that Casa is promoting, but I'm All happy right. to share this along
2: with okay.
3: Chris Hughes, those of you might remember Chris Hughes, a uh, former Pennsylvania. Um, also, he is the owner of Fat Cat Vapor in Montoursville, Pennsylvania.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Or is it wait, his shop is in Montoursville? His shop is in Williamsport and he lives in Montoursville. I forget. He's kind of right on the boundary there. Um, okay. But uh, he is running for Pennsylvania State Assembly. Um, he is having a little get together, I believe, in his shop. Um, but that is September twenty fourth. Uh, nice. and that obviously that's a personal dime, a related mm-hmm. thing. Um, sure. But it's worthy worthy to mention because this is a story of a, a small business owner, a shop owner who is going to be put out of business by pencil. Same forty percent wholesale tax.
1: Yeah, that's just crazy.
3: And rather than t- turn tail and run away from the problem, turn facing the bully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the people voted in favor of this tax. So, um, yeah, that is certainly one way to deal with this issue. And yeah, friend, I would, best of luck and. Yeah. Support him and his efforts. Um, that being, of course, more of a personal note, not a thought not <laughs> note. Um, and then after that, the 26th of September, I will be ending the uh, No PA Vape Tech rally. Ah. And I think I've mentioned that several times before, but it's worth telling everyone that that's happening.
1: Yeah. That, that True,
2: tax. We'll is just...
3: some... Yeah. Um and I guess it's probably important to start talking about, you know, our position on this. Um I'll, I'll have more about this in our that are hopefully coming out with the um uh, uh, to mm-hmm. traditionally because uh, opposed position is mm-hmm. we are a vapor product. Uh-huh.
2: Um
3: but what is in the works and five cent liter tax? Right, it, it's situation. That's because are we of this small attack Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Um we've got like radio silence here. It's it's almost like Alex's audio is completely gone. And I feel really bad about that. I don't even know if he can hear me.
2: Um, I
0: have no idea. But yeah, he's, he's, he's won yeah. this week for bad audio. Uh,
1: yeah, no. He, he, Alex...
0: He's dropped tape from the looks of things.
1: Okay. Alex, sorry, buddy. Your audio is toast. So... Again, um, thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you're a member of CASA, thank you for that. And if not, uh, go to CASA.org and join. Um, And that's it for this week. Um, Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Okay. I I think... we might be good. Are you here? Hello? Okay, anybody but so... me speak. Oh you're here. Kind of.
0: Ah, I just stopped the recording.
3: Whoa, I'm, <laughs> uh...
1: Are you back? Okay.
3: It's like I, said.
1: I can hear like every other word.
0: Yeah, doing this the connection's not good at all
1: no
2: okay um okay
1: I, I can hear like every other word Alex I mean it, it's been a little rough we've been able to get most of it but
0: um, yeah I've, I've cut is, the recording yeah, this when, is, when is as bad as it's out. been yeah I'm
1: sorry um okay all right. Thank you, Alex. Sorry He about is on that. holiday,
0: so, you know.
1: Yeah, he really shouldn't have had to work. I didn't even know he was on holiday. So, here we are again. Jeannie, can you unmute yourself? <laughs> or do you want me to do that? Jeannie, you here? Okay.
0: She switched so. to push to talk, I think she said, but I don't know if she set a button for push to talk.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> hang on. Um... Okay. Come on. Are you kidding me? Right click user for more actions. I can't I can't do anything to her settings, so that's gonna be fun.
0: Now she's muted now at she's her muted end. Her. Oh yeah. Okay. Here she is, here she is.
1: I see you, Jeannie. Are you here?
4: Yes, I'm here.
1: Okay. I
0: don't right. know why she's feeding back though.
4: I don't okay. either. Every time I put it on on voice activity, it starts echoing, but I have to figure out how to do push to talk, and you guys forget that I'm a tech tard. No, you're not. Can you uh, in, do anything
0: in s- to her settings? In, no, no. In her settings, okay. she'll have to set... She opens up settings, there's a thing called key binds, and you, you, sit, you tell it in there to set a key for push to talk.
4: Right. Okay. I'll fix that right now. <laughs>
0: okay. But it must uh, be that the it must be getting confused with the uh okay microphone for some reason i don't know
1: uh, yeah i mean it might be um all right so uh while we're doing the usual um <laughs> Okay, so I'm not really sure where to go. Um, We could talk about Baltimore, or we could talk about... And there I
4: fixed it. Oh,
1: there she is. I can hear her beautiful voice. Okay, so I think I'm going to talk about Coca-Cola plant.
4: Uh Uh That's that's just funny shit, though, Jan.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, We actually need that. Uh, cocaine worth 50 million pounds, I believe, discovered at Coca-Cola plant. Cocaine with a street value of up to 50 million euros, I'm sorry, 42 million sterling, I'm guessing, has been discovered at a Coca-Cola plant in France. The drug, hidden in bags among a delivery of orange juice concentrate, arrived in a container from South America. An investigation is underway in Signy's. A village in southern France. The seizure of 370 kilograms of cocaine makes it one of the largest finds on French soil. The prosecutor of Toulon, Xavier Taborot, said the delivery has a street value of 50 million euros and referred to it as a quote, very bad surprise. Employees at the Coca-Cola plant have ruled out any involvement, have been ruled out of any involvement as investigators attempted to trace the origin of the drug the first elements of the investigation have shown that employees are in no way evolved Janice, uh, Jean Dennis uh gene dennis margles the regional president of coca-cola told the news website van martin mateen i'm sorry the original coca-cola formula created in 1886 by pharmacist john pemberton is believed to have contained traces of cocaine derived from coca leaf extract last big seizure of cocaine involving French authorities was in April 2015 when French customs officers aided in the arrest of two men trying to sail a yacht loaded with 250 kilograms of the drug to the UK. The SY Hygeria of Halassa was boarded off Martinique and found to be carrying cocaine with the street value of worth, worth some 40 million pounds. So, um, yeah, finding actual cocaine at a Coca-Cola plant is shocking. Mostly because um, cocaine, coca leaf, it's actually still used as a flavoring in Coca-Cola. I think most people don't know that. But um, Coca-Cola has struck a deal with all these governments to buy the cocaineized <laughs> version of the coca leaf to use as a flavoring.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just strange. I think... Yeah, it
0: was after... Oft- it was after World War Two that they pulled the full cocaine out of Coca-Cola worldwide. Yeah, no
2: because, well, cocaine.
0: most people don't realise, okay. right, it took the US six months longer than they planned to, to get involved in World War I, because right. they had to import shed loads of Coca-Cola to Europe, because... <laughs> All our slightly addicted soldiers <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> were having trouble um, without coke.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Hard to believe you could get dependence, but um, not really, especially if you use caffeinated beverages. And I do.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, it had, it had caffeine and cocaine in it. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it was like, uh Oh God, what were the drinks they used to have? They were made out of real sugar and they had like five times the caffeine in them. Jolt. They took... yeah, jolt cola. <laughs> it must have been a lot like jolt cola. Okay. Jeannie, can you see the story underneath the one I just read? The one I'm gonna
2: stick it <laughs> to in front of now.
4: Yes, Jan. I saw that. Okay. Yeah, so, but so- this this in the T S A one, um Yeah. Yeah.
1: So anyway, uh, in good news, California is stepping up to save the world. Cow fart regulations approved by California's legislature. Later, California's legislature has approved regulations on cow flatulence and manure, both blamed for releasing greenhouse gases. The measure was approved shortly before the end of the legislative session Wednesday, after its author, Democratic Senator Ricardo Lara of Bell Gardens, agreed to give dairy farms more time to comply. The legislation seeks to reduce methane emissions associated with manure up to 40 percent below their 2013 levels by 2030. Methane is one of several gases known as a short-lived climate pollutant that doesn't persist for long in the atmosphere, but have a huge influence on the climate. The bill also calls for efforts to significantly increase composting to eliminate the amount of food waste in landfills, which releases methane when it breaks down. Republicans, how, how are they going to the do that when they're
4: telling people they can't have their gardens? I Oh my god, they want them to illegally dispose of food waste? <gasps> Shocking. Well,
1: you know what? I want to know how are you gonna how are you going to contain cow flatulence? I mean
0: It's been done. I've got a link.
1: <laughs> okay. I, I do really want to see it. Please, please, please tell me they're going to send someone named Glance out to do these inspections uh, on the manure piles. Oh, please, I seriously, very
4: oh, don't want to see how they stop cow farts.
0: No, they don't stop them, they just collect them.
1: They collect their farts.
0: <laughs> it's Argentina. Oh. A scientist in Argentina came up with something.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh.
1: My God, these poor... Oh, my God. <laughs> Okie dokie.
0: Natural <laughs> gas, folks. Please tell me
1: people can actually... Can people in the chat actually hear us?
0: They should be Cause, able to. Uh,
1: yeah, because, no, I was getting a little bit of the slow feed. But, yeah. Gas X. <laughs> Margo, I don't think there's enough gas X for, for those cows. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a... Please tell me they don't stick a plug up those poor cows' butts. I have not
0: looked into how exactly it works. I just know it exists.
4: Well, it's not like you can increase the fiber in their diet.
1: (laughs) Well, they got six stomachs. It's pretty hard to, you know, they could eat rocks pretty much and digest it. So that's pretty bad. It's pretty pretty freaking bad. But
0: I, I do think, yes, it involves putting pipes into their stomachs to collect the gas.
1: Oh, God. Those poor animals, like, they don't have it hard enough. Uh, Your government looking out for you. Coming soon to California, (laughs) (laughs) robo-cow. Oh, boy. Um, Sometimes I think the people in charge are absolutely out of their fucking minds.
0: When it comes to California, you're absolutely right for definite... (laughs)
1: Oh, well, no shit. That's where eugenics came from. Go ahead.
4: What the hell? (laughs) Have have the earthquakes scrambled their brains? I just, I just don't. Good Lord. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's like they've lost their damn minds. Completely. And and I I just. (laughs) Okay. Places I'm glad I don't live. Let's tick off California from the list. Okay, so because Jeannie's here in honor of Miss Jeannie, we're going to talk about the TSA. (laughs) The TSA is a waste of money that doesn't save lives and might actually cost them. Few post-9-11 security measures have proven as enduring as the creation of the Transportation Security Administration, which effectively nationalized airport security and dramatically increased screening procedures on flights. In a matter of months, flights went from something you could arrive 30 minutes to an hour beforehand and be fine to something you needed to budget two hours for. What was the shoe removal and the liquids and the possibility of a random pat-down? It's annoying, but it's also worse than annoying. The TSA's inefficiency isn't just aggravating and unnecessary. By pushing people to drive instead of fly, it's actively dangerous and costing lives. Less invasive, private scanning would be considerably better. Why the TSA falls short. The TSA is hard to evaluate largely because it's attempting to solve a non-problem. Despite some very notable cases, airplane hijackings and bombings are quite rare. There aren't that many attempts and there are even fewer successes. That makes it hard to judge if the TSA is working properly. If no one tries to do a liquid based attack, then we don't know if the three ounce liquid rule prevents such attacks. So Homeland security officials looking to evaluate the agency had a clever idea. They pretended to be terrorists and tried to smuggle guns and bombs onto planes 70 different times. And 67 of those times, the red team succeeded. Their weapons and bombs were not confiscated despite the TSA's lengthy screening process. That's a success rate of more than 95%. That means the bad guys smuggle through their shit 95% of the time.
4: But they're going to take your bottle of water and that that could be a bomb and they're going to throw it in a trash can with the other 700 fucking bottles of water that they took from people that might be a bomb. Yeah. Well, I'm going to just dispose of this potential bomb here
1: In the container with all the other bombs right here in back of me. No worries. Um, It's easy to make too much of high failure rates like that. As security expert Bruce Shiner likes to note, such screenings don't have to be perfect. They just have to be good enough to make terrorists change their plans. No terrorist is going to base his plot on getting a gun through airport security if there's a decent chance of getting caught. Because the consequences of getting caught are too great. But even Schreiner says 95% was embarrassingly high and probably not good enough for those purposes. If you're a prospective terrorist, looking at that stat, you might think smuggling a gun onto a plane is worth a shot. Schreiner isn't a TSA defender by any means. He likes to note that there is basically zero evidence that the agency has prevented any attacks. The TSA claims it won't provide examples of such cases due to national security, but given its history of bragging about lesser successes, that's a little tough to believe. For instance, the agency bragged plenty about catching Kevin Brown, an Army vet who tried to check pipe bomb-making materials. Brown wasn't going to blow up the plane. The unfinished materials were in his checked luggage. But if the TSA publicized that, why wouldn't they publicize catching someone who was trying to blow up a plane? The Government Accountability Office is also skeptical that the TSA is stopping terrorists. It concluded in 2013 that there's no evidence that the agency's SPOT program, which employed 2,800 as the study, and attempts to scan passengers for suspicious behavior, is at all effective. Only 14% of the passenger flaggings by TSA officers led to a referral to law enforcement. Only 0.6% of TSA flaggings led to an arrest. None of those arrests were designed as terrorism-related. What about the most loathed TSA rules, the shoe removal requirement, and the ban on all but the tiniest containers of liquid? There's never been any evidence that these are effective. Remember, we caught the people who tried to attack with shoes and with liquid explosives without those rules in place. Europe is gradually phasing out the liquid ban. The TSA has never presented any evidence that the shoe ban is preventing attacks either. Focusing on specific threats like shoe bombs or snow globe bombs Simply indicates the bad guys, simply induces the bad guys to do something else, Shriner tells Vanity Fair's Charles Martin. You end up spending a lot on the screening and you haven't reduced the total threat. How the TSA hassle kills people. The TSA doesn't save lives, but it probably ends them. One paper by economist Garrett Balak, Vrindra Kidali, and Daniel Simon found that. Controlling for all other factors like weather and traffic, 9-11 provoked such a large decrease in air traffic and increase in driving that 327 more people died every month from road accidents. That effect dissipated over the time, but the death total up to 2,300 rivals that of the attacks themselves. Another paper by the same authors found that one post-9-11 security measure Increased check baggage screening, reduced passenger volume by about 6%. Combine the two papers and you get a disturbing conclusion. In their words, over the course of three months, approximately 129 individuals died in automobile accidents, which resulted from travelers substituting driving for flying in response to inconvenience associated with baggage screening. This isn't just one set of studies. There's other evidence that 9-11 led to an increase in driving, which cost at least a 1,000 lives. The 129 deaths per quarter per year figure is, as Nate Silver notes, the equivalent of, a f- of four fully loaded Boeing 737s crashing each year. You can dispute the precise figures here. There are regression analyses, which are hardly perfect, but it stands to reason that having to get to the airport two to three hours before a flight reduces demands for flights relative to a world where you only have to arrive 30 minutes beforehand particularly for flights on routes where there's a two to three hour wait dramatically increases travel time relative to driving like New York to Washington DC or Boston to New York. That means more driving. That means more death. That might be worth it for a system we know for a fact prevents attacks, but there's no evidence the TSA does that. Meanwhile, as Bloomberg's Adam Minor notes, a classified TSA study found that private screeners were more effective than TSA staff and a 2011 report from the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee suggested that private screeners are considerably more efficient at processing passengers. The solution is clear. Airports should kick out the TSA, hire well-paid and unionized private screeners, and simply ask people to go through normal metal detectors with their shoes on, their laptops in their bags, and all the liquids they desire. The increased risk would be negligible, and if it gets people to stop driving and start flying, could save lives
4: Jeannie go. go here's here's my problem okay first off we, we all know that my opinion of TSAs is it's a waste of fucking time money and and my blood pressure right <clears throat> it's pointless it's security theater um, let's go back to April when I flew home from vape bash mm-hmm. Chicago O'Hare airport was a complete and total cluster fuck.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: all people waiting to get through TSA all
2: right
4: now I finally got an answer as to why my spinal cord stimulator which has a lithium ion battery that's implanted in my back that is twice the size of an old pager <laughs> um, that doesn't set the machines off because it only goes skin deep um, Okay, So anybody that actually was a bomb, and of course, let's not forget that terrorists don't expect to live through their event to begin with. If they wanted to cause havoc, they wouldn't be causing havoc. Why are you putting everybody through all of this bullshit? fucking constantly when you have absolutely no proof that it is saving us any amount of terrorism it is just absolutely asinine all it does is take the stupidest denomination of people and and I'm sorry I'm not trying to say that anybody out there is stupid but if you honestly think that TSA is making you any safer on a fucking plane you need your head examined
1: she's right
0: I've yeah, said it I mean, again and again. if terrorists want to blow up a plane, they're going to blow up a plane. There are so many ways that you'd smuggle stuff on that'll blow up a plane. It's a joke. Well, let's face it. Um, the The most recent explosion was that Russian plane coming out of the Middle East. And yeah, yeah, they think it went in through the baggage, not through the people. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Well, you know, oh. if, if you oh. really want security that works at airports and, you, you know, the threat of dying is that dire, right, then you need to switch to the Israeli model. And no one, trust me, no one wants to go through that.
4: Well, uh-huh. and how about the fact that I had, at Vape Bash, I had um, a, a Slido tank break in my purse full of liquid okay so needless to say i had what five mils of e-liquid floating around inside of my purse which was you know not (laughs) not a warm and fuzzy thing but um so when we finally make it through the security thing you do realize that the that the inside of my purse tested positive for explosives did i tell you that
1: yeah but here's the thing the way they test for explosives, everything puts off a false positive. There's um, something in Suave's coconut hand lotion that Yeah, tests glycerin. Yeah,
4: it's yeah. glycerin. Because Anything that contains glycerin. glycerin sets yeah. these fuckers off. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: because
4: you, the uh,
0: the the chemical snoopers are looking for nitroglycerin. Yeah. <laughs> And they're tuned way too low. Well, no, you no, most they're of them, teams. they have they have their handsets and they probably haven't been calibrated since they got them. So some of these airports will have had these devices since, what, late 2001, uh, <laughs> without getting them recalibrated, which should be done every week.
1: Well, why would you waste money
0: on that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, a, it's a chemical detector. So yeah, it oh, needs calibrating all the time.
1: I understand that. I'm just saying, you know, why would you make waste money on that? I I think what is surprising to me is the number of these people that commit horrible crimes. The number of these people that have been, you know, have gone to jail for molesting children and sexual assault and they're working for the TSA. That gives me a big safe feeling. Thanks, government. That's great. I just, I'm so disgusted with them and I'm disgusted with us. I'm disgusted with every single senator. I'm disgusted with every single president that's gone on passing the fucking Patriot Act and adding amendments to it. This is disgusting. We gave away all our freedom because we were afraid. It's bullshit. And now try getting that shit back. It's not easy. I'm sorry. The TSA is just a symptom of a larger problem that needs to get gone. Okay. I ranted. Jeannie ranted. It's good. Uh
4: pick one, Jeannie. Uh,
2: the, go- the
4: kitchen appliances. Okay. I like that one. That one's funny. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. It's- Buy stupid appliances, Jan.
1: Right. Um if you're a smart person, you actually will be going to whatever used appliance place you have in town and throwing these people some business your kitchen appliances are watching you security expert warns your fridge is getting so smart security software maker Capersby Lab thinks you probably shouldn't trust it as makers of household appliances fill their machines with computer chips to make them smarter consumers and privacy watchdogs should be where the data collected by these objects and how it's used Marco Prius, a director on Caprisby's global research and analysis team in Europe, said at the IFA Consumer Electronics Conference in Berlin, a fridge is no longer only a fridge, it's now also a sensor collecting private information, Pro said. Vendors need to say what data they collected, where it's stored, and who's using it, and regulators need to work on standards and requirements to make companies more transparent about this. It's the only way to bring consumer trust back the search engines and social networks of the world have been made consu- have made consumers more aware that their information is being collected and being collected about their behavior and also used for commercial purposes the growth of this so-called internet of things will lead to millions of appliances coming online and harvesting data about people's habits in their homes at the IFA samsung electronics company showed off a refrigerator that sends statistics and pictures of the food inside your inside to your phone. A 21.5 inch display lets family members leave each other messages, order groceries, and share their calendars. Quigdao Hair Company, the Chinese company that bought GE's appliance businesses, introduced a cloud-based robot to manage smart appliances and mini-fridge that delivers chilled beverages via remote control. Capris B said manufacturers could learn a lot about consumers from the data that transits through such objects, and third parties would be very interested in getting access. Do you really want your health insurance provider to know if your fridge only has beer and chocolate in it, Proust said? Vendors need to think about the privacy of such information. Not everything connected and gathering data is allowed to share it. Acerlec AS, Turkey's biggest maker of home appliances, unveiled a kitchen system that links with a smartphone and projects virtual control panels on countertops, removing the need for physical buttons and handles. Connected appliances can be found beyond the kitchen, and Kaspersky highlighted the risks from objects such as power meters that can know what you're doing at home when you sleep and when you leave the house or even what TV show you're watching. A majority of German consumers feel using digital tools exposes their privacy, according to a Capris study published in August. Of all the respondents, 71% said they're worried about internet companies collecting their personal data, and nearly one in two respondents said they had negative feelings about the digital future. For software services and companies from Capris to Somatic Corp and Microsoft Corp, more objects coming online may be an
4: opportunity to expand their own
1: businesses.
4: I mean I am I am so glad that I'm poor.
1: <laughs> no, I hear you. I you know, I think used appliances are great for a lot of reasons. They're able to be repaired. Uh, generally speaking, a lot of them don't have chips in them. They're older so they have that nifty classic look, which is very retro and, and cool
4: if you ask me, and they're
1: not fucking spying on you. Which well, I mean, also I have- plus
4: I have a really nice stove and a refrigerator, but I mean it doesn't take fucking pictures of my t-
0: <sighs> see John John, it's not it's not Terminator you've got to worry about. It's your fridge.
1: <laughs> your fridge and your toaster. So, you know, basically <laughs> the joke about uh, I was in the kitchen, I had my gun on me and my wife said, um why have you got your gun on you? And I said, uh, Decepticons. And I laughed and she laughed and the toaster laughed, so I shot it. really isn't as funny as it used to be.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah think about it. Yeah, smart fridge. It wants rid of you, so it just spoils the food in the fridge slightly. You get horrific food poisoning and die in horrible agony. You know, fridge laughs.
1: You're even, you're even creepier than I am She's <laughs> <Just> saying something <laughs> I don't know I just I find it disturbing I mean you've got TVs That can listen to you And no one knows where that third party data goes Don't they have an interactive Barbie That yeah. talks to kids Talks and talks back to kids uh, I don't know
4: Oh yeah remember Teddy Ruxpin Yeah Remember that Yeah mm-hmm. I got my godson one of those, and he absolutely hated it. He thought that thing was creepy as fuck.
2: <laughs> well,
4: you know, but he, but uh, but it
0: is entertaining once Seth MacFarlane got hold of it.
1: Ted, <laughs> I liked Ted. I thought that I I actually really liked both those movies. Yeah, they're stupid, but they're funny. Actually, what I really liked was what is it, "A Thousand and One Ways to Die in the West"? Yeah that was actually very good it was very underrated film and really funny um seth McFarlane does a really good job on social commentary uh probably because he lives on the same planet we do uh, <laughs> so there's that so Jeannie, what what has been going on in the in the wonderful world of the new home besides the cabinets and the staining and the working what have you been doing
4: um, I actually sat out on the back deck today for about four hours with a book and a baby nice. and an iced tea. Um, it's really peaceful.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> it is. Um, I, I'm really glad we moved. Uh, planting planting seeds in August and September is kind of throwing me for a loop. Um, <laughs> You know i'm just not used to that um august and september is when you start harvesting and storing and putting away because the frost is coming and it's going to kill all your shit yeah. in pennsylvania yes not so much here no
2: um
4: we that the town we moved to is on top of the cumberland plateau it's okay. it's up in the mountains um, mm-hmm. So it's it's really beautiful here. Um, I'm not so much really fond of the coyote being in my backyard at three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna dead him. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna end up dead. Um, I hate the noises they make
1: when they're traveling in packs and they're
4: calling um, one
2: another. I actually,
4: we had when we lived in Pennsylvania, there was a mm-hmm. venison farm. Uh, about a thousand yards from us, mm-hmm. so the coyotes would line up along the tree line there and howl, you know. And everybody said, "Well, how do you know whether it's coyotes or dogs?"
1: You said, can well, tell
4: when dogs howl; you think, "Oh, you shut the fuck up." When coyotes howl, every hair on your body stands up straight, and you're like, "Oh shit!" That's yeah. how you know the difference.
1: Yep. So they're an ambush predator.
4: Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. But I have to tell you, I never even had this computer hooked up until right. last Thursday at 6 o'clock. <laughs> I have been without Skype all this time. I don't have it on my phone or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't really miss it. Um, I have kind of been away from social media. Uh, I have very limited interaction in social media. And it seems that everything I post, somebody has got something to bitch about. Um you know, their their opinion is valid and my opinion is stupid. Um Whatever.
1: Oh,
4: boy. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, did you see the link that I posted Lou Ritter gave me? All of the companies that are actually owned? Monsanto is their parent corporation? Yeah. That was really disturbing. I did not know all of those companies. Mm-hmm. Well, It makes me, it made me even more thankful that I grow so much
1: food. Well, I mean, they're, they're kind of a multinational, so they just buy tons and tons and tons of other companies. Um, So I'm going to talk about it. I, I didn't think I was going to, I gave you a link to something yesterday and it was 18 seconds long. And that was the video of Hillary Clinton's overheating yesterday. Yes, ma'am. Uh, what was your reaction to it? Because what they actually showed on the news is not the full clip. Because the, the last four, four seconds, seconds was the most disturbing part.
4: Um, I think she's sick. Um, I think
1: she's real sick. I think she's sicker than they're saying, but go ahead.
4: Well, I do. I think she's sicker than they're saying. But here's my thing: if it was a case of allergies, I would have really thought that one of the many hundreds of doctors that work for the federal government would have given the fucking woman allergy shots or medication by now. Um, and I'm really surprised that they let her get sick enough to the point that if this is pneumonia, that she got so bad that she was collapsing. Um, Somebody should be fucking fired if that's the case. Um, I think that if it's something other than that, um, she'll be in a box going in the ground before they admit it.
1: She looks bad. I I feel... She always looks bad. No, but but she she has movie star money, right? So she can afford, you know casts of hundreds to make her look decent and she's been looking pretty rough i think this is a lot harder on her and i think i think i'm gonna risk the wrath of some of my democratic friends when i say that if the people around her cared about her even a little bit they would have gotten her real medical help instead of letting her go to her daughter's house and hang out Um, Yeah, that was just, that was really, that was really bad. And the worst part is the video that I gave you was shown live on TV in Brazil. So that video has been around the world and people are seeing it where they're having to drag a presidential candidate into a car because they can't hold themselves up. I mean, it it looks really, it looks really bad. It looks really bad. And if she's that sick, I feel feel really bad for her.
4: it, It does, but and I pointed this out at one other point, and I'm I'm not supporting this woman, and don't anybody think that I am.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: But the whole thing about her having um, a a bladder leakage issue, mm-hmm. and I said, well, look, you gotta you gotta understand this, you know. She's had 60. we? What's I mean, that? What,
1: what do you say? I said she's sixty. She's had children. Yeah, That's she's going had children. To
4: it's yes it's that's no more uncommon than men le- needing little blue pills mm-hmm. um i don't believe that that a a bladder leakage issue would would cause <laughs> would make this woman incapable of being president um i do think there's a whole i other, think there's me, a lot <laughs> of other things <laughs> there's a there's a whole fucking list of reasons folks um oh, yeah. that just shouldn't be on it um but had we had social media and television cameras. We've had other presidents that would never have gotten elected because of their physical deficits. Now, Mm -hmm. some of these people have gone on to be pretty damn decent presidents. So, you know, physical condition um, isn't so much a a deal breaker for me. Um, Mental, now... (laughs) That's that's a whole another ball game, but we're not talking about a mental deficit here. N- pneumonia yeah. would be a physical deficit. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I think it it gave the the haters something to hate on, and I think it gave the supporters something to say. Look how sick she was, and she still managed to go to the nine eleven tribute. So there's when that. There's,
1: let me put it this way. Um, yes. There is a whole list of reasons why she should not be commander-in-chief. And my list is long. Um, her health has nothing to do with it. But I think it's disgusting and unethical of her party to allow her to go on like this if she's so sick. That That's the only thing I think. And to me, the funniest part was... I had seen that video because, like I said, I have a friend in Brazil who sent it to me and said, this was on my news. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. A, I'm not a fan, and, and B, I don't really follow her around, but she hasn't been looking really well. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's really bad. Um, to contrast that, somebody posted a video of Bernie Sanders playing basketball with the neighborhood kids.
0: <laughs> seven
1: years old, and, and he's kicking he ass. I'm like... <laughs>
0: Did you I'm like, see the. Okay, so
1: you uh, threw away the good candidate who was healthy for this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did
0: you see the. um there was a video recently, Tony Basil at uh, some street dance thing. No. Sh- showing all the kids how to dance. She's 72.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I got news for you people. You know, my mother is not a spring chicken. Right, um, right. We will just go with she's over 70. That woman can run circles around me. I swear to God, she makes Mm -hmm. me tired watching her. So, you know, um, but she also has three broken vertebrae in her neck and still manages to do this shit. Um, But again, you know, do do I think this woman is sick? Yeah, I think this woman's sick. And like I said, if it's pneumonia, like they say that it is, Mm
2: -hmm. then
4: there's some healthcare professionals that should be fucking fired
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, because it's completely think, treatable, so yeah, it is there's no reason for it treatable. to get as far as collapse, yeah
1: no, and it is completely treatable, and you sometimes, when you're that age, actually need to be in a fucking hospital. um and I can't believe they diagnosed her Friday and yet let her run around to all these fundraisers and stuff that that's just Well, they diagnosed her Friday dangerous.
0: allegedly, uh, and then, mm-hmm. as you say, let her run around even though when you've got pneumonia. The, the only place you should be is your bed.
1: In bed. You um, should be in bed, or if you're real bad, you should be in a hospital.
0: With you oxygen. Getting yeah.
1: Oxygen, and you should be getting liquids, and you should be getting antibiotics, probably through IV. Um, no, I, I've had pneumonia, and it sucks. Although,
0: I'm, I'm going to mention, because, you know, I okay. put it in our chat. Uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: people, may, people may be, or may not be aware, that Yeah, Donald Trump and Alan Sugar really don't (laughs) like each other. Uh, (laughs) You know, Trump does the American Apprentice, Lord Sugar does the UK Apprentice, and they argue about it all the time. (laughs) Although less so now that Trump's a bit busy media whoring (laughs) elsewhere.
2: Offending everyone? (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead.
0: But when the the story broke about... um, Hitlery, uh, yet yeah, tr- Lord Sugar posted, but his post about it was, and I'm quoting this, this is on Twitter Trump is going to issue his own very specific health report, including an x ray that shows he is spineless and has no heart. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Do you what know in their Twitter so- exchanges? I don't think Trump's <laughs> ever won.
2: Well, you Sh- know,
0: sugar I- is just, well, he's British, so sarcasm yeah. is second nature. So yeah, mm-hmm. very hard to outdo him on Twitter.
1: I honestly, I I don't follow um, presidential candidate Trump on Twitter because I, I like my brain.
0: I don't either, but they all appear have, all over the place anyway.
1: I. I See, everybody's populating a different part of social media than me. I'm populating the part where I'm reading the stories from The Intercept and and stuff like that. I guess I don't do popular social media like everybody else. I don't really see this stuff. I don't see the offensive tweets. I don't see any of that. Um, uh, Nor do I care to. But, um, yeah, I I just... This this is how he does things. Um, This is how Trump does things. So... You know, well, he's I, I, changed
0: tack this weekend. He, he, well, I don't, I haven't watched the news much today, but mm-hmm. he's not said anything about the Hillary stuff, as far well, as I'm aware. You
1: know, if he was smart, he wouldn't, because yeah. that that really makes you look terrible. Yeah, picking on a woman who's sick. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that really does make you look bad. And I wasn't picking on her when I was talking about it. I'm no. saying it's... sincerely. It's concerning,
0: but less concerning than what she gets up to uh, other places. Yeah,
1: you know, I think it's it's criminal for her, and if, even if she's out against medical advice, I, I think that was pretty terrible judgment on her part. Not surprising, considering some of the other things she's done. But
4: that just it looks terrible. She looks it looks not well, not and. and... You, you were talking a little while ago about her doing all these fundraisers on Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's probably part of the reason she went to the memorial because, you know, she woke up and realized that she'd run shit way too far, burnt that candle at both ends way too long. They were meeting in the middle, but she was like, uh, fuck it. I gotta go. The press saw me at these fundraisers. If I don't go to the 9-11 memorial,
2: memorial. Mm-hmm. She-
4: this is going to be a media catastrophe right. um, and I you know regardless I, I you know I feel bad woman's sick I don't I
2: I don't I wish, wish to take that on back
4: I have wished sickness on people before um okay. I have okay. <laughs> it probably wasn't a kind thing to do but I've been there done that but um yeah I, I think that this was there was a no-win situation here um, mm-hmm. and she was probably really hoping she was going to be able to make it through it. And she just waited too fricking long to, to leave. You um,
1: know, I'm not even going to bring up any of the other videos. Uh, the only reason I brought that one up is because I could verify it was actually on TV. It actually had some, some location tracking and stuff in it that was embedded that I could check. And I could verify as much as I could, that it was genuine before I ever showed you. And I didn't post it anywhere, but I think, I think she's a fucking idiot. And I'm going to say this because how many people do you know that are running for office that get up on Friday and make a speech and call half of the voters in their country deplorable? She did. I think that's the maximum bad judgment you should be allowed Uh, At that point, people have to question what you're thinking. Um, If if it really is a race and you really are out there looking for votes and everything isn't, let's say, rigged, that, that you probably should never fucking say that where you can be heard and it can be quoted and it can be shown as a video clip again and again and again that this person thinks you're deplorable. That's just really bad judgment. So I don't know if her health screwed up her judgment or if her judgment's always been fucked up. Although I think her judgment has always been fucked up. I don't know. I, I just, I think that video and that comment, if anybody's paying attention, that that makes things really difficult for her to win if it actually is a race. So
4: does any of that make sense? <laughs> I think that if that were the case, the Democrats and the Republicans both would have gone out and found different candidates by now. Uh, she did say it. No, no, no. I, no, I agree with you that she said it. But right, right. If, if them saying really deplorable things meant that they they shouldn't be elected and they shouldn't be allowed to run that both parties would have gone out by now and gotten different candidates
1: I've got to say this they, is they the, the, suck this is the worst presidential picks I've ever seen for the major two parties in my life I,
4: I think that um, if we ever hope to see a third party candidate um, actually win an election
2: Mm -hmm.
4: Uh, this year has really got potential (laughs) to be that yeah you know i i yeah
1: i don't know i um i think i think republicans would be very happy if gary johnson were to win as the libertarian candidate um he's a lot less libertarian than i like and then of course with the green party where i kept telling people you know you really should look at the green party and they're going no 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 you You don't understand, you really need to look at jill stein she's like she's a shithead, and the more I've looked at her and her policy, she scares me. She wants us all making like two cents an hour yeah um no no heating, no air conditioning, people starving to death is okay um she's got some really fucked up ideas uh, she's not fit either, so out of the four, you've got Gary Johnson and. I'm not a fan of his VP pick at all. Um, I just, I don't know. This, this, the October surprise, I guess, came in September with uh, Hillary getting dragged into a van and calling half the country deplorable, so, I don't know.
0: Well, my, my yeah, the, the Hillary deplorable thing, the thing that got me about it was, she said it, well, there's a couple of things got me. She said it, okay. and then got called out on it by loads of people uh, and ended up changed her story and and changed (laughs) one word basically the only bit she retracted was the half
2: so So instead of half of trump supporters being deplorable
0: they're all deplorable
2: yeah so
1: basically the whole country is a basket of deplorables you're welcome world
0: (laughs) and the other one the other one was the hypocrisy of the the Guy, guy in the Trump camp going, oh, it's terrible that she can talk about half the population that way. It's like, have you heard your own candidate speak about people? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's like, he right? does it all the time.
4: <laughs> nobody's good this year. Uh, Jen, you sent me that, that fucking story about the cherries that pissed me off too do you want to do that story? no i don't want to do that story but i am saying that you know we could we could <laughs> discuss the WTO at some point on another episode we really could discuss the, the WTO because them motherfuckers are <laughs> just they're they're just evil and and how the WTO can control a country that is the largest consumers in the world really pisses me off. Mm -hmm.
0: On on top of cherries, you do know that you you lot have got a cheese mountain as well, apparently. You have overproduced cheese, apparently. Uh, So you're throwing away cherries and stockpiling cheese.
4: The cheese goes to the poor people.
0: No, can, no 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 the, no. the shit the, the poor
4: people cannot even be classified as no, cheese no, no. Jan <laughs> Oh you're talking about that that yellow brick crap they
1: they used to um uh, I had had friends at school that uh, used to get that every couple of months at school if, if you qualified for um
0: It's not know, cheese reduced, it's plastic
4: reduced rate lunches it, and stuff they would give you there like are food like, banks all over this country Mm -hmm. That that are begging for donations to help feed people that are starving to death. And we've got organizations out there going around and verifying that farmers are destroying their fucking crops. This is bullshit.
1: I agree. I agree. If you think the WTO is bad, wait till Obama, because I know he's committed to getting the, the TTP passed. The scary part is the more I've looked into the TTP and the more that I've been able to read from like WikiLeaks and and their dumps and stuff um, from my layman's eyes, there's at least six or seven businesses in this country that would be able to sue the shit out of our federal government if the TTP goes through and take us for everything. For rules that we've put down that have made it less business friendly for them to operate.
0: And the, yeah, the the worst, the worst is going to be if those trade deals go through. Nestle is going to be suing every government everywhere.
1: Oh yeah, there's going to be a there's there, a lot of suing going to happen. If you
0: people complain about large corporations, yeah, Nestle is probably the largest evil corporation. It's. <laughs> It owns everything, saying. just about.
1: <laughs> it's. I've got to say, it, it's pretty bad. And like I said, just to my eyes, there's at least six companies that can sue the shit out of us on a multitude of things that have happened. Yeah. And it it distresses me that Gary Johnson said he was pro-TTP. It distresses me that his VP pick is very much. Um, very much cut from the cloth of the party he comes from and would dearly like to get rid of of hunting rifles basically um when most when most people get killed from being shot with like a saturday night special that's what most people die from when they get shot and yet no one ever talks about getting rid of like Saturday night specials or, or that sort of thing they're always going after the larger capacity hunting rifles I, I just I have real problems with all the people in the packs this year and and them well the, the trade, the
0: trade deal thing um, at, at least you should be you, you should be kinda happy that a lot of the negotiations went to shit after did, the UK a... Brexit happened <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, they did, but Obama's still committed. Yeah, to trying they're to Yeah, they're desperately
0: passed. trying to pull it back together. But I, mean, I don't know if they'll bad. be able to.
1: It's pretty bad when Congress said, uh, no. no, we're not even going to look at this. No, we're not touching it. Congress said this. Uh, people you think would be all about passing this are like, uh, no, we finally got the message that nobody fucking wants this to go through, so we're not touching it. And Obama's like, well, I'm committed. And it's like, you know, really, this makes you look terrible. Look at your legacy.
0: Yeah, I mean, your, Japan, your Japan's tr- Japan's trying to back out. Australia's trying to back out.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, the TTIP, which is the European version, isn't getting any traction at all. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of fucked basically. Uh, I don't and think it's going to end up going through. But
2: no,
1: and you never know. How,
0: there's lots of brown envelopes flying around. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, yeah, you get the right number, you can get anything you want pretty much. You put the right amount of money in that, you give it to the right person, I'm sure if anything can be arranged. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Which well, is
4: I I have heard one world economy so much it makes me want to fucking puke. Um and I you know, and I'm not against poor countries in improving their lot. I I really I'm not. Right, right. But um, the cherry story is is a prime example of why they can take free trade and stuff it up their ass. Um, you know, you know, I I got in this big GMO discussion on my on my Facebook page, and. And it all comes down to this. I'm this asshole that's over here buying organic wheat that I sprout and ferment for. Um, I grow fodder for my rabbits and mm-hmm. I, I ferment wheat um, mm-hmm. and corn. Um, we, we did do corn. We stopped doing corn because you know, I read the fucking article that 99.9% of all the corn in the world now is all Monsanto. No. Um, But So we we sprout wheat and we ferment it for the chickens and stuff. And, and I've got more chickens than I need, okay? My chickens lay more eggs than I need. Do I sell eggs? No. My husband and my kid take them around to all of our neighbors. That's what we did up north. It's what we've learned to do down here too. We mm-hmm. take them and we give them to the neighbors. Um, so when I have more bounty than I need, I give it away to other people. Right, right. Yeah, which is
1: what most people who grew up on farms did if they weren't selling their crops.
4: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, it's it's voluntarily sharing the the bounty. Um, and, and every time I say the word bounty, I feel like I'm ancient, like 180 <laughs> or something. Um, no, no, <laughs> I know what you mean. But yeah, yeah, you get it because I you it. you were a farm kid. When, when we were down here, the first trip we made down here that we brought stuff down and everybody was unloading stuff, um, these two guys walked up to the fence line and, and it was the neighbor and, you know, it's talking about where we were from, you know, how we ended up down here, blah, 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 blah. Right. Right.
2: right. he
4: says, uh, he's oh, hold on a minute. And he, he jumps on his four wheeler and he comes back and he hands Paul two great big grocery bags full of of zucchini and corn on the cob and whatever because that's dead. that's just what people do in mm-hmm. the country that's <laughs> just what they do um i saw uh and it was so funny i saw a facebook post from a friend of mine up home um because of course it's that time of year again everybody said oh the bean pickers went through blah 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 They were at such and such an address, you know, Mm -hmm. that the pickers went through. Well, do you know why that post was put up? That post was put up because once the pickers go through, they leave the field set for two weeks and then they come and they till everything under. Mm -hmm. Well, they put up the post with the address of where the pickers went through because, Mm -hmm. hey, anybody that needs green beans, you should go (laughs) get yours now because that's what it is. After the commercial pickers go through and pick what they want, the rest is just left.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, just it's thrown just, there on the ground.
4: And and they expect people and they want people to go get whatever they want after that.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: It's there, just go get it.
1: Did you ever think maybe that's why that cherry farmer posted those pictures on Facebook?
4: Yeah, but they have regulators that come through, inspectors, to make sure that they're destroying these crops. Yeah.
1: <sighs> Well, you know, I just, it's funny to me that there are places in the United States and not just in the United States where people don't have enough food. And yet we're taking throwing it out to spoil. That kills me. It does. So, you know, I do know the store I work at, we take all of our, our perishable stuff that's going It's not out of date, but it's going. And we donate it to the food bank. They come with a big refrigerated truck and they pick it up every week. Um, We take our bread and we donate it to the church that runs the homeless shelter. That's just what we do. We're kind of a Southern-based company that was founded by Christians. That's what they do with their leftovers. Not every company does that. A lot of them... Dumpster it, and they make the employees damage it before they dumpster it out. So it's not that there's a shortage of food; it's that there's a planned obsolescence for food,
0: and yeah. that's kind it's, of ridiculous. Most of the supermarkets over here are now giving stuff, um, you know, short dated food to charity. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I mean, there's all the stories. It doesn't happen so much now because they change the way they do their business. Mm-hmm. But McDonald's pros- prosecuting people for dumpster diving, because
2: mm-hmm.
0: if people don't know, McDonald's, they used to produce food according to the, the tra- traffic volume for the time of day in any other right. stores. So there'd always be, you know, like five Big Macs on the rack ready to go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But they're only allowed to be on the rack for two minutes. If they're on the rack for more than two minutes, they got thrown out. Even though they're a perfectly good burger. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And they used to put locks on their bins to stop people going in and taking the completely fine burgers. And there were cases where homeless people were being prosecuted by McDonald's for breaking into the bins and getting getting food out. Even though it wasn't spoiled food or anything. It was... (laughs) It was insane. insane they stopped, stopped doing that as doing much, doing that as
2: much
4: I'm and I'm sure neither one of you watch this show, um, but there is one of the contestants on um, American Ninja Warrior. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, nope.
4: <laughs> yeah he he's a dumpster diver. It's... Oh
1: yeah, there's there's people that just survive on what's thrown out of restaurant dumpsters and and grocery store dumpsters.
0: There's other people that survive on roadkill. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, there's just they give new meaning to the word omnivore,
4: basically. Well, it just—I mean—it just really, really bothers me that we have people that have to survive this way or choose to survive this way, and we have government officials telling farmers they have to destroy crops. That—that that really bugs me.
0: Well, mm-hmm. I visited a vineyard near Venice when I was on holiday one year. Mm-hmm. And we are talking to the, you know, it's obviously a family-run business, traditional. Mm-hmm. And, you know, grapes everywhere, as you can imagine. Uh, mm-hmm. Some very nice drinking was done. Uh,
2: <laughs> I bet.
0: But talking to the guy, he's like, well, we're part of a the commune system as well. And we're like, what's that? And I said, well, we well, we club together. All, all the farmers in the area basically are in this club.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And all our excess goes into the group and whatever anybody needs, they take out. Because what the farmers used to do was, mm-hmm. right, is a vineyard. But they used to grow their own olives and tomatoes because and, they're Italians. Right. But they're not allowed to do that. When the EU regulations came in, it's like the field space is allocated so it's like, oh, you can't grow your own food. You're a you're a wine producer. Uh, pardon. And we're going There's... well. How do they enforce that? And he says, well, every spring they fly spotter planes over the fields and take photographs, and if they spot plants that aren't aren't supposed to be there, they'll send guys out.
1: <laughs> That's ridiculous. You... Yep. You know, that was like the heirloom seeds, the heirloom plants that they were saying people couldn't grow anymore in, in the UK.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, there was massive outrage about that. People were going out to their back gardens and going, look, all of this is now illegal.
4: You know, yeah. now, um, I, the um, EU's EU got,
1: got way, way too,
4: much too much control. That That's just absolute crazy. Oh, oh, Jan, I didn't. You asked me what was going on and I didn't tell you this. Yeah. Um, so I have bamboo growing here
1: oh cool you gonna bring some koalas
4: crazy amounts of bamboo no but i won't have to buy it anymore to make my new runner bean trellises. Will well i No. and grapevines um remember i said the whole property was fenced well right, the, right. all the way along the front um mm-hmm. there's probably an acre of of frontage road frontage oh, nice. and it's all grapevines now, I have to prune the living shit out of them this year because they've sat here and nobody's taken care of them for two years. So this year I'm not going to get any bit next year. I will not have to buy grape juice to make my own damn wine. I'll just have to be able to pick. Yeah. Jeannie's so like, a drunken man. Oh, no. Yeah. Jeannie always makes wine, though. I make I make mead, too. I like honey wine.
0: But, yeah, I mean... yeah you're going to have to watch the bamboo. It grows like nobody's business. You have yeah, to no control way. it to stop it spreading.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, I have a control for that. I have a kid with a machete.
0: Yeah, but you do realize it it seeds under the ground and That's pops okay. up. It's like out. poplar. Yeah, poplar yeah. does that too. Because yeah, yeah okay. bamboo's grass. It grows really fast.
4: It most definitely does. There's there's a huge patch of bamboo down back. Cause I was really really happy to find that. No, it's been really good. We've been finding out all kinds of stuff growing on this property that we didn't think was here, so it's it's just, all been a Just let us know if I really find minute. a
0: panda in there.
2: Yeah.
4: Did you say you have poplar? No, we had poplar up north.
1: Oh. I was going to say, if you can get poplar buds, I can make a really nifty painkiller from that. Oh.
4: Well, the, you should uh, have that, told that. me that when I lived in Pennsylvania, because <laughs> we couldn't kill all the poplar. I mean, we were constantly, constantly cutting down poplar.
1: I didn't know that. If I'd have known, I'd have told you.
4: Um,
1: Harvesting poplar buds is a bitch, but um, you get a really nifty painkiller from it. It's like a thousand times stronger than aspirin, and it's raw form. So you can do some really nifty stuff with plants. I mean, I don't have a lot of plants down here I can use because everything I grow is kind of like a a luxury item. So like sugar cane, you can't really do much with it. Um, Vanilla beans vanilla orchids you can't do much with them Uh, coffee tea none of those you can really do much with but you know the stuff up north um stuff with free-flowing sap pine sap's great for pain poplar sap is great for pain there's so much stuff that you can do with just deciduous woody trees that i can't do here because you know the closest thing i have here is live oak and that thing is just that's a fucking travesty of a tree that's not a real tree i don't know what it is it's a fucking joke and you know palmetto can't really do much with that either
4: well i'm here to tell you what jan i have never seen so many oak trees in my entire life acorns fucking everywhere i hate acorns by the way hate them
1: you can do a lot with acorn if you can if you can um, soak out the poison. That's what Native Americans used to do. They used to crack them open. And I know this, my grandma grew up on a reservation, so I, I just learned a lot of stuff. You take and crack them open, um, you put them in a bag, and you put them in running water. So for running water, you'd stick them in like a river or something. You'd leave them there for 30 days. After the 30 days, you'd pull them out, crack them completely open, spread them to dry, and then grind it down. You made like a flour out of it. And you could really do a lot with it. And it's actually pretty tasty once you soak it for 30 days and get the poison out of it.
0: Apparently acorn tea is supposed to be quite nice. Allegedly. I know people that say it is, but I haven't tried it. <laughs>
1: I've, I've never had it either. But no, we, we used to make like a, a meal out of it. And um, used to make like flatbreads and stuff out of it. It's pretty good stuff. Really, really filling. And takes on the flavor of of just anything if you put in wild berries or different sorts of other things you would forage in there uh would pick up the the flavor of that and it would just have a slight nutty taste to it it was actually pretty good but i can see where you don't like acorns they're not ideal for everything so i don't know so you've got tons of trees and Grapes and oh god, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I am. Uh, down here it's been uh raining so much that um the ditches in the side of the road uh now have uh, green algae growing on them. And I have here. tadpoles. Um,
4: my sister lives in Lake Wales. Do you mm-hmm. know where that's at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so how's it going? She's hot. <laughs>
2: Uh-huh.
4: Like, uh, how are you today, sister? <laughs> fucking hot. <laughs> I'll tell you what sucks. Christmas at a barbecue. It's too damn hot to cook.
1: That kind of sucks. That's really, really, really your oh.
2: well, It doesn't, it, doesn't do well.
4: It's just really funny that, you know, I'm the one with the potty mouth, but the, the go-to <laughs> answer from my sister anymore is fucking hot. <laughs> it is it's really it's been humid this year Uh, so how's john fucking hot (laughs) (laughs) all righty then so it's it's
1: it's been different this year weather wise so your sister is having fun with the heat and humidity then what you're saying
4: no not at all no no (laughs) no she's she's not enjoying it so much i did tell her i said well it is 91 here and she goes oh really I said yeah it's been I said I've had the same load of clothes hanging on the clothesline for like five days and they're still not dry I think I'm gonna have to rewash them and she goes yeah I feel really bad for you because you know what it is here fucking hot
1: <sighs> she sounds like she's having a blast <laughs>
2: it's
1: gonna
0: be better uh, in, in Scotland the last week you know you, you weren't hanging your wash now. because if you did it ended up in Norway Uh <laughs> <laughs>
1: So It's been, it's been slightly windy. windy. Yeah, <laughs> I can't picture, and just mostly because I've seen the the Google Maps photos of Scotland. I can't imagine there's anywhere where you could have a clothesline where the clothes wouldn't be ripped right off it. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: because <laughs> yeah, we it get just... we get we've got the Gulf Stream hits always around Scotland. So yeah, we've always got wind coming in off the Atlantic. When not weakened, you then get wind coming in from Siberia. So, yeah. You
4: guys have those Gorilla Glue clothespins. Is that what you're playing?
1: (laughs) I actually got the best clothespins. There's a guy I know. um, He hand makes clothespins. They are literally the best things I own. They will hold anything on the line that I have out here. And, And we get some... We don't get hellacious winds like you do in Scotland, but we get 40, 50, 60 mile an hour winds
0: sometimes with oh, That's just and stuff. a normal day breeze. A, yeah.
1: That's a nice breeze for you. Yeah. But, you know, here, most people don't have clothespins that can stand up to that. And yeah. I've got literally the best clothespins. And they're expensive as hell, but they are they're beautiful. Well, I, th- I, mean, I they're think they're I've handy.
0: mentioned it before. The, the windiest I have personally experienced outdoors. Uh, mm-hmm. Was there's notorious storms in the UK, and you know Seven Oaks got turned into Oak. Uh, <laughs> and they called it. It's basically mini tornadoes all over England. The weather right. station at the top of Cairngorms got blown off the Cairngorms, uh, including that's its quarter-ton concrete mount. But I was
2: terrifying.
0: coming home from school, went to go out the school door. And you know those five-foot-high traffic cones you get with the heavy base? Yes. yes. One of them went flying past at head height. Well, I think it's a bit windy out there. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'd cycle home, mm-hmm. and I was pedaling at full speed, and I was maybe getting up to two, three miles an hour an hour.
4: Well, that's because you were going the wrong way. You were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was out hell of a headwind right there.
0: Yeah, I mean that—that that was that—that—that that, that was uh, near the time that I got a caution for speeding on a bicycle. So yeah, I could pedal really fast, but in that wind, oh, wait, wind... wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, wait! Back up, yeah, yeah. back up, wait. wait.
4: Back. <laughs> Let's back, back up. up. And not
1: just there, Australia
4: too. But go ahead. Sorry, wait. <laughs> Are you telling me there's seriously places in the world you get a ticket for driving too fast on a bicycle? Yes. I,
0: I was doing over 30 miles an hour.
4: It's
1: called <laughs> pedaling furiously. And if, if you do it in Australia, it's a $500 fine. Yeah. What? You're fucking kidding me, right? Nope. This can't be a real genie. thing. No, genie. You want to you hear something fun? Go to YouTube, type in at Topher Fields. And watch his lifestyle videos, lifestyle regulation videos. Watch number one where he racks up $8,000 worth of fines in Australia just for ignoring some of the driving things. Like if you leave your window cracked in Australia, it's like a $200 fine. Cracked in hot ass Australia. Yep. It, it's ridiculous. Australia, oh, yeah, where you it's...
0: go to sit in your car and, 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 Sit on your seat and immediately leap back out of the car. (laughs) Yeah. If it's leather seats, um.
1: Yeah, but it's for your safety. It's not for revenue. Yeah. That's the important thing to remember because governments Governments never do anything anything as a revenue rake. They're doing it for your safety. But yeah, no, there are places. Michael Morris is just saying in chat. There's places in the United States where you can get a ticket on. For speeding on a
0: bicycle. Yeah, there's a speed limit, so if you break the speed limit, it doesn't matter what vehicle you're in, you get a ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my case, I just got a caution, which is, you know, a warning. Don't do it again. Because uh, obviously, it's a bicycle. The police were like. <laughs>
4: well, and here's the thing. I agree. Margo, Margo says that Australia is getting pretty fucked lately. Uh, oh, you yeah, know yeah. what? The place has some of the biggest poisonous snakes on the planet. Fucking move, folks.
0: It's it's got it's got eight of the top ten most poisonous creatures on the planet. So yeah, I,
1: I think what scares me is the video over there of the snake and the big giant spider.
0: Yeah. Oh
1: my god!
0: It's like both of these that, could kill you. It's like oh, yeah, yeah. It, it it's freaking, freaking
1: terrible.
0: There used to be a brilliant television advert for, for a very very bad product in the UK. There's there's an Australian beer called Castlemaine 4X, and they did a series of adverts where, you know, the guys with their Castlemaine. and one of them, there's two guys fishing, mm-hmm. um, and they're, they're, uh, they're sea fishing. Okay. And uh, the beer falls in the water. And uh, one turns to the other and starts wading out, and he's going, Is it okay? you know, there aren't any sharks around here. And the guy's going, no, there's no sharks. And then under his breath goes, crocodiles ate all the sharks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: and
0: that sums up Australia quite nicely. <laughs> They've got freshwater sharks and saltwater crocodiles. And venomous snakes and spiders all over the damn place. Yeah. I, I've
1: got to admit, it, um for a people that can be killed just walking out their fucking door from the wildlife, they sure are cautious about everything else that happens. In that
4: well, well, I gotta tell you, um, I've I've seen several copperheads, all of them dead. Um, which which you know, if I have to to see them, I prefer them that way. <laughs> I'm not going to go hunt them down and kill them. But um, right, right. let me tell you, if there's one on the back porch, it's probably got a very, very, very short lifespan. Just saying. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of snakes. Um, I, I'm not a fan. But I have been looking um, for spiders and, and snakes. Um, it, on the spider front... Um, I will say that this house sat empty for a while. So, um, we we have come across several wolf spiders, um, and and big garden spiders. But um, luckily for me, my husband has the, been the one to find them all. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he hasn't felt that like he was lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 I will admit to. Um, getting uncontrollable giggles over my husband's voice going six six octaves higher than it normally is um he may have sounded like an eight-year-old girl at one point (laughs) i will say i i've
1: got to tell you i think that the um yeah the wildlife in in the woody areas is scary as shit (laughs) what's creepy to me, like, we have woods right by our house, and you walk in the woods, and you'll hear something, and you'll go, what the fuck is that? And you'll see a big, giant spider jump off a tree and run away, and it it sounds like a fucking puppy running (laughs) through the woods. That fucking (laughs) freaks me out, and I'm like, I don't want to know what kind of spider that was, but, all right, I know I just need to leave the woods. Not only can the mosquitoes eat me, kill me, and... All of the, you know, invisible little bugs you can't see. But, you know, now I've got spiders that, you know, jump down into the bush and make a ton of noise. Frightening. Just frightening stuff. And I don't mind the wild. I don't mind being outside. I, hunting down here is just fucking
2: terrible. It, it really is. It, well, as far as your household
0: things. goes, though, those the, if you get one of the decent quality... Hypersonic uh, devices that keeps most spiders and insects out your house.
1: Well, um, actually, it, it's pretty bad down here. It's, it's at the point where I know all these crunchy organic granola people, and even they've had to hire, you know, bug people <laughs> coming because they just won't stay out. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, I think some of them are actually attracted by the ultrasonic devices here. They're just they're,
0: they're no, I didn't right. say I, 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 uh, I said hypersonic, hypersonic even even yeah. higher frequency, because okay. they were invented because the normal ultrasonics can disturb cats and dogs, whereas the the newer generation stuff works at even higher frequencies, and okay. it works on insects because insects did a lot of their sensory stuff is to do with vibration. So, these generators are producing sound, but it's sounds designed to vibrate your whole house, basically. Uh, Not that you'd notice it, but the insects will, and they don't like it. <laughs> I do Because it sends um, all our senses haywire,
2: so, yeah. Yeah.
1: Good night, Jeannie. Thank you for coming on. See you next week. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Bugs are... Yeah. They're
0: kind of All right. Well, so, I showed you last week the kind of bugs you get in, in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people people who are who are uh, attractive like those, to mosquitoes really shouldn't come to Scotland in the summer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I really like the picture of the poor guy getting swarmed. I mean, you cannot see this poor man. Yeah, that that is just
0: yeah. Mosquitoes are bad. Midges are evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's not you you don't have a few dozen attacking you you've got millions attacking
1: you oh yeah you do there uh there's something else like i said we've got um what they call no seams here so that's pretty bad um it's not terrible obviously but it it's pretty
0: bad i mean Um, the only saving this thing for uh, images is at least they're not disease carriers (laughs) So annoying as they are, you aren't going to get fatally ill from millions of them biting you.
1: Oh, so you're not going to get the Zika virus if they bite you?
0: Not as far as anyone knows, because they are a so, they're a mosquito, but it's a different species. So yeah, yeah. they haven't so, found any but, diseases that are hu- that are cross, human processes. problems on midges. Yeah. So yeah.
1: So, yeah, I I saw on C-SPAN. Yes, I still watch C-SPAN. No, I'm not going to stop. P.S. Shut up. That's that's my like reality TV. So I'm watching C-SPAN, and one of the Congress critters from Florida gets up and is yelling at the other Congress critters about them not passing a bill for Zika. And he pulls out of his satchel a jar full of mosquitoes. And he starts yelling at the other congressmen and threatening them that he's going to let them loose. And in the end, he just kept them in the fucking jar like the pussy he was, and nothing changed. So I wasn't really shocked. But, you know, it was actually entertaining television that came off C-SPAN 2, which that almost never happens.
0: Yeah. Oh, in political news, uh, you you saw the link I gave you, yeah. Yeah, David Cameron is retiring from politics. Well, direct politics, anyway.
1: I'm sure he'll have a hand. In and and my
0: the joke, scene. yeah, he's probably gonna start a pig farm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: he's
0: yeah. he's basically he's not just he, he he caused Brexit and and he's not he, he's completely running away. <laughs>
1: well, you know, I know he caused Brexit, but you know some of the UK regulations are fucking insane. Yeah. Where you will fish, what quota you'll get, and then we're gonna let the people from Greece come over here and fish twice as much. What? Yeah. That's kind of fucked up. So, I-, I can see, why and, oh, I see that Le Pen, is it oh, Le God. Pen from from France? Yeah. Has said if she gets elected, they will have a referendum on Brexit.
0: Yep, Marine Le Pen. Yep, National Front
1: i don't think it matters about national front i think it comes down to this no matter who you are no matter what you are whatever your view of government is you don't think it should stand in your way right some people think the government should help and support them some people think the government should go the fuck away i'm in the second camp um you know some people believe that uh, the government exists to be a friend of them. Uh, I'm none of those other two people. I'm in the go the fuck away camp. But um, I can understand wanting to get that level of control out of your life. Oh, The government should not have that much say.
0: Austria is going to have to have another vote. But it's been delayed again. <laughs> Did you see this story? They're supposed to be voting this month on the rerun of the election because okay. it wasn't con- the last one wasn't constitutional. I haven't looked into the details, <laughs> but basically the Greens beat the right wing assholes. Uh, but it's going to have to be rerun, but they've had to delay it because the postal votes, the glue on the envelopes wasn't up to standard, so literally you could open the votes once they're sealed. The glue wasn't good enough to keep the envelope shut. So we're going to have to rerun that. But that's another country where the right wing may end up in charge and they'll do a referendum on leaving Europe.
1: (laughs) I, You know, I I think the EU just has way too much control if it would step back yeah, a little bit. People wouldn't be like, yeah, got to leave this, got to get out fucking now. And that's the problem. That's why people want to leave.
0: Yeah, well, I mean... To say more and more of the European countries are ending up with the more right-wing parties in charge, and after Brexit, they're like, "Oh, wow, we can have a go now." So yeah, because obviously a, the, the, the the European project is basically uh-huh. a socialist type thing. So yeah,
1: but it's not. It, it, it might it, be, it, it, but it's, it
0: disguises itself as a socialist project. I should really say.
1: I, let Let me put it this way um it's an animal farm project that's not a socialist project it's it's all animals are equal some animals are more equal than others um so i can understand why people would want to get away from that and i've got to say i don't i'm not the kind of person that sits there and says socialism is wrong it probably works and works well in some countries scandinavia seems to have a quite good track record with most of it um and i see that they're building a wall now So, um, you know, even they are uncomfortable with being told how much how many immigrants they will take from where and when, and what kind of support they will give to them and the EU has really screwed the pooch with putting in way too many controls, and and people are tired of that. People don't want the government to have that level of involvement. And you can you can surely understand that, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the vaping thing alone is a big deal. I mean, and and from what I understand, they say the TPD is absolutely fine. They're going to go forward with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Lovely. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So I guess to back to the happy, happy news. Um, so we talked about Baltimore. So I'm going to go find that link in these 74 fucking pages of stuff. Um, How Baltimore became America's laboratory for spy technology. If you live in Baltimore, you may have the feeling you're being watched. You are. Baltimore police track your cell phone use without a warrant. They secretly film the entire city from the air. And as concerns about the uses and privacy implications of that next generation surveillance tech have mounted... These domestic spying scandals also raise another question. Why Baltimore? It turns out that Baltimore checks off all requirements to build a modern American urban panopticon. High crime rates, racially biased policing, strained community police relations, and lack of police oversight have turned Baltimore into a laboratory of emerging surveillance techniques. Spying. On August 23rd, Bloomberg exposed the details of an aerial surveillance program the Baltimore police have been using to track cars and criminal suspects. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, persistent surveillance systems, and we talked about it last year, persistent surveillance systems and what they do. Um, Persistent surveillance systems has been flying a Cessna over the city throughout 2016, totaling 300 hours of recorded real-time video. Meanwhile, in April, appeals courts upheld the lower court decision that BPD can't use stingray devices, tools that surveil calls and track cell phones by impersonating cell towers without a warrant. It has been a common practice for the department. And on August 16th, the Center for Media Justice, colorofchange.org, and New America's Open Technology Institute, filed an FCC complaint alleging that Baltimore police use of stingrays harms Baltimore citizens by causing interference on the public radio spectrum without authorization. This complaint alleges that stingrays have been used so frequently that they reduce the availability of local cellular networks. This interferes with calls extended to emergency calls. In this way, these devices disrupt cellular telephone networks and emergency services, the complaint reads. Worse, the harms that stem from BPD's use of CS simulator equipment fall disproportionately on Baltimore's black residents familiar patterns the tech may be relatively new but its targeted use isn't historically intelligence gathering and law enforcement agencies have disproportionately surveilled minority communities across the united states from con pros targeting of the black panthers to the fbi's wiretapping and blackmailing martin Luther king Like many areas that are under heavy surveillance, and like the other communities where aerial surveillance has been tested, Baltimore has a large black population, says Jay Stanley, a privacy expert at the ACLU. The use of surveillance technology selectively on communities of color is a time-honored police practice. The controversy around the surveillance programs in Baltimore coincides with a larger discussion about the quality of policing. In the wake of Freddie Gray's arrest and death from injuries suffered in police custody in April, protests escalated into riots on April 27th. The Department of Justice, which declined to comment for this story, published an extensive evaluation of BPD earlier this month, detailing excessive force, racially biased policing, and unconstitutional stops, searches, and arrests. Though the report doesn't address persistent surveillance directly, It's extents in its extensive reporting on BPD behavior that violates the constitution of federal law hints at a police department. That's also willing to cross constitutional lines in its use of its growing surveillance toolkit. As the FCC complaint from last month notes, where BPD focuses its policing power it also focuses its surveillance technology and residents in targeted neighborhoods, therefore suffer disproportionate harms. The report isn't the only damning bit of evidence. The Jacob France Institute at the University of Baltimore Merrick School of Business, for example, collects neighborhood data in Baltimore for an annual report called Vital Signs. In 2014, the overall arrest rate for Baltimore City was 48.7 arrests for every 1,000 residents. By comparing census data to arrest data, the report shows that the neighborhoods with the highest arrest rates are mostly predominantly black residential areas, while neighborhoods with the lowest arrest rates are all predominantly white What we find is there is a difference in the data around how certain neighborhoods are being policed just from looking at the arrest rates, says Seymour Ayer, the associate director of the Jacob France Institute. That tense relationship between citizens and police in Baltimore may further push police towards depersonalized, large-scale surveillance. Sociologist Peter Marcos, who trained as a Baltimore City police officer and worked for the department from 1999 to 2001, wrote in his 2008 book, Cop in the Hood, Nobody here will talk to the police, half the public hates us, the other half is scared to talk to us. How are we supposed to see anything? So the digital surveillance becomes an enticing option. This frustration in combination with the war on drugs, endless demand for new suspects and arrests has fueled US law enforcement surveillance for decades. One cop blatantly offered BPD's perspective on using technologies like stingrays in a Maryland House Judiciary Committee hearing in March. Obviously, we probably use the equipment more than anybody in total. Sadly, it's due to the crime rate we have in the city, said Lieutenant Michael Fries. From what we do, we need this. We need it in residential areas. Who's watching the watchers? Another crucial factor here is lack of police oversight. The BPD kept its stingray use secret for years, relying on non-disclosure agreements with the FBI. As a result, the public couldn't scrutinize how the technology was deployed. And recent Justice Department reports refer to systematic deficiencies in BPD's policies, training, supervision, and accountability structures that fail to equip officers with the tools they need to police effectively and within the bounds of federal law, leading directly to a broad spectrum of constitutional and statutory violations. In other words, the Baltimore Police Department seems to be operating at its own discretion. Widespread use of surveillance may not be so much a massive government conspiracy as it is the result of a deeply conflicted and burdened department trying to find ways, constitutional or not, to do its job. BPD spokesperson TJ Smith said at a press conference responding to the Bloomberg story that work with persistent surveillance systems is not a secret spy program. Uh, The department never bought the plan before the Baltimore Board of Estimate or sought any public approval before funding came from two philanthropies in Texas, Laura and John Arnold, who earmarked the money for the aerial surveillance through the Baltimore Community Foundation nonprofit. The police will always try to walk right up to the line of what the rule is, but if they're doing that, they need some sort of self-breaking mechanism, says Baltimore-based assistant public defender Daniel Coburn. It's missing in Baltimore. Until someone starts watching the watchers and setting limits on their privacy intrusions, expect the city to keep earning its reputation as the crucible of America's domestic spying. I get the feeling that all this surveillance, what it's supposed to do, it stops being effective after a while. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like threatening your kid. Santa Claus can see you. You've got to be good. And they're good for two or three days. And then they're just back to their old shitty self. Well, I mean,
0: we've we've discussed it before. The UK has the highest Mm -hmm. surveillance in in the world. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. People just ignore them, get on with doing, you know, hundreds of videos of people beating the crap out of each other in the street until the police show up. Because, of course, the police have been told by the guys watching the camera, there's a big fight uh-huh. there, go, yeah, they go. the police go and pick them up. So, I mean, yeah, once people are used to it, yeah, it makes no difference whatsoever yeah. um, for public safety and the like. So, yeah. Yeah. It makes it's it just- easier for the police to catch criminals, but... <laughs> Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, but it 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 stops good old-fashioned detective work and policing the way it used to be where it involved human beings yeah yes it probably had a large margin of error but once you take the human capacity for understanding and empathy out of anything it just it makes everything messier I think
0: yeah Michael Morris makes it good for YouTube well yeah some of the funniest Um, film is people who commit a crime and then try and run off and hide from the police. And this is a good one in the UK. Because lots (laughs) lots of the helicopters we have are very efficient. The police ones. And Uh they tend to be quite quiet. They fly at fairly high altitude because, well, the cameras they've got, they don't need to be low down. And yeah, they've got infrared so the guy runs from the policeman on the ground in the dark and goes and hides. Goes and hides, and of course the helicopter's going. And he's five feet to your left. <laughs> like, you, know, you know they find the guys hiding in ditches, inside bins, all sorts of things. It's like it doesn't matter. They, you know the the cameras they've got on those helicopters. You ain't hiding. Yeah.
1: Okay. okay, I did say we were going to talk about the the um, the DHS, and I'll get there in a minute. But I don't know. It doesn't bother you that they can do that? Well, I, I guess if you grow up with it, it's like it's like the difference between growing up in a house with a bathroom door and then growing up in a house that's never had one. If you've never had a bathroom door, you won't miss it, and it will be foreign thing to you. Yeah, well, as um, I say, just...
0: the UK's an interesting case, because while we have all this surveillance, I've, I've said it before, I mean, there's huge oversight on it. I mean, even the police can't randomly just go and demand footage from any camera they feel like. Uh, most of the cameras are run by a company called NCP, who have lots yeah. of the large contracts. But, yeah, they're under... There's lots of legal oblig obligations to do with privacy and data protection in Europe. So yeah, they can't just do anything they like with the footage. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, this this will this will surprise you, yeah, mm-hmm. that the staff NCP employ in their video rooms mm-hmm. probably have more scrutiny on their background checks than any airport staff you're ever going to see. Well. <laughs> You know they they have full background checks. Yeah, any any be... hint of any criminal behaviour in their past, they ain't getting that job.
1: So basically, unlike our TSA that hires like child molesters and rapists, yeah, this company won't do that.
0: Yeah, well That's legally funny. they can't. If they employ somebody who's dodgy, it's theirs. If the person then goes on to do something illegal, the company gets fined. Not. Uh, uh, the guy will get jailed or whatever, but the company will get massive fines. (laughs) Um, Okay. And it's a big company, but it's not a big, big company. You know? Right. So it can't afford to be pissing off judges Mm -hmm. and police.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Homeland eyes special declaration to take charge of elections. Even before the FBI identified new cyber attacks on two separate state election boards, the Department of Homeland Security began considering declaring the elections a critical infrastructure, giving it the same control over security that it has over Wall Street and the electric power grid. The latest admissions of attacks could speed up that effort, possibly including the upcoming presidential election, according to officials. We should carefully consider whether our election system, our election process, is critical infrastructure like the federal sector, like the power grid, Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson said. There's a vital national interest in our election process, so I do think we need to consider whether it should be considered by my department and others a critical infrastructure, he said at a media conference earlier this month hosted by the Christian Science Monitor. DHS has a vital security role in 16 areas of critical infrastructure, and they provide a model for what the department and Johnson could have in mind for the election. DHS describes it this way on their website. There are 16 critical infrastructure sectors whose assets, systems, and networks, whether physical or virtual, are considered so vital to the United States that their incapacitation or destruction would have a debilitating effect on security, national economic security, national public health or safety, or any combination thereof. A White House policy directive adds the federal government also has a responsibility to strengthen the security and resilience of its own critical infrastructure for the continuity of national essential functions and to organize itself to partner effectively with and add value to the security and resilience efforts of critical infrastructure owners and operators. At the time, Johnson did not mention specific security issues, but the FBI has since cited one hack and another attempt. Johnson also said that the big issue at hand is that there isn't a central election system since the states run elections. There is no one federal election system. There are some 9,000 jurisdictions involved in the election process.
2: I I don't know.
1: Well,
0: uh... yeah, considering the, the critical infrastructure stuff they're already in charge of yeah. They don't need to do the election stuff. They can't even stop people hacking the power grid every 10 minutes. So, Thank you. <laughs> how are they going to stop people hacking the election system?
1: I'm like terrified they even want the power to do it. It's like, oh, you're going to fuck it up worse.
0: Well, I mean, in the, in the UK, we have a body specifically for elections. It's called the Electoral Commission. Anything to do with elections, they deal with. Yeah. If they want help because they think there's a security issue, they'll bring the mm-hmm. police in or whatever, but otherwise the deal that's what they do that's what they're for, and that's what you need in every country. it's independent yeah. from all the other government bodies. it's independent mm-hmm. from the government even mostly well,
1: I mean it really um, should be yeah, I mean, you know there's no way they should be able to stick their fingers in their metal no, but
0: but. The amount the of hacking that the NSA has done on it and all these other critical infrastructures to say that, oh, well, yeah, because of security, we need to be in charge of elections. It's like you can't even control your own systems.
1: <laughs> Very true. But for more good news about the elections, official name-to-election cybersecurity panel oversaw breach of millions of voters' private data. See, that makes me feel better already. Oh, because yeah. Thank God we're picking the cream of the crop here.
0: He's he's experienced. He's you know dealt with it before. Yeah, uh, yeah. See. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's he's helped. Yeah. One of the members of the panel who will be working with the Department of Homeland Security to ensure the cybersecurity of American elections recently oversaw a data breach of a million private social security numbers. The National Association of Secretaries of State named four state officials who serve in that role to the DHS Election Infrastructure Cybersecurity Working Group, which will work to safeguard the integrity of American elections. Ironically, one of those picked Georgia Secretary of State, Brian Kemp, we talked about this, I think last year this happened, was in charge of a department that inadvertently committed a massive breach of private information of millions of registered state voters under Georgia law the Secretary of State's office is allowed to give some voter information to media, such as their name and residence. However, Kemp's office last fall accidentally mailed CDs to 12 media organizations that included not just this allowed information, but also the Social Security and driver's license number of all 6 million voters in the state. Shortly after the incident, Kemp blamed Snafu on on human error, firing an IT employee he said was involved. He hired Ernst and Young to review the department's cybersecurity practices and promised Georgia that such a breach would never happen again. Better Georgia, an advocacy group in the state that works on election integrity issues, criticized Kemp's new role. As the person responsible for one of the worst data breaches in history, shouldn't Kemp be taking cybersecurity classes instead? The group asked in a Facebook post,
0: I don't know why he's still got any job. That's How come really he, didn't get vote? he hasn't been voted out or impeached or, you know, no. the, the guy's obviously a moron. So, it's like...
1: <laughs> you know, here's the thing. The more they meddle in the elections, the less people feel like they have a say. The less people feel like it matters, the more they feel like it's rigged, the more disenfranchised from the system they get. I don't understand why they're having a hard time recognizing this as a problem. Yeah. I just don't get it.
0: But but certainly, you know, put putting a guy in, in, in a post <laughs> where he's already been in charge of somewhere that had a huge data breach. That's just insane.
1: <laughs> Welcome to America.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Doesn't just... tend
0: to happen too much over here. Uh well a good a good example of what happens to shitty politicians here is Anna Soubry. Uh who was junior minister for health? Didn't know ESIGs were still in the TPD. She Then got shuffled over to um, defence,
2: she?
0: yeah. where she's the junior secretary for defence. Then she got moved to secretary for small business. You know, she's they've basically been shuffling her sideways to less and less important jobs. Uh, <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, there's a reason... This guy,
0: that... though, the you know, Brian Kemp, he's he's basically had a promotion. It's like, oh, we'll give you an even more important role. It's like, I what?
1: Mean, so it's not just me. No. Like, I'm not the crazy one. I didn't look at this and go, you're fucking kidding me, right? Yeah. They're actually going to do that shit. That <laughs> scares me.
0: He and screwed then... up. Let's promote him. What? What? <laughs>
1: That's that's the government. That's why everybody who's a fuck up really wants a government job,
2: Because
1: yeah. it's the one job you can screw everything up at and not get fired from. I really believe that. I really, really think that's true. And yeah, I, wonder
0: how I much the sacked, about that. the sacked the sacked IT employee. I wonder what his severance package was like. I bet it was rather generous because <laughs> he's taking the blame for you know.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, look what, you say that, look what happened, but look what happened to the person who was in charge of the Democratic National Convention after the whole Bernie scandal came out, right? What happened to her? Wasserman Schultz. They fired her, and then Hillary Clinton immediately took her on as her personal whatever. It's just this is how it works. You're corrupt. You do something terrible. You get caught with your hand in the cookie jar and, and somebody covers for you. There's no system of checks and balances anymore. Pretty fucking... There's lots story. of
0: checks. Yeah, but... but there yeah, but there the are checks. Spelling. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: So, my my favorite person in the world, James Comrie, the man who
2: lives...
1: <laughs> <laughs> the man who lives in a delusional state i got i got technology. another
0: e- i got another email from him last week oh, nice. you know, offering me money
1: <laughs> i'm sure you know
0: <laughs> it's funny you know. he's i mean the hackers the the scammers are should do that deliberately it's like ah oh, he's big on data security and wants control of everything ha-ha <laughs> we shall use his name on all the scam <laughs> emails right <yeah. laughs>
1: yeah that that guy he just he lives in a freaking dream world anyway so he had this to say there is no such thing as absolute privacy in america fbi director james carmy who has spent the last six months itching to get back into a public debate over the spread of encryption and mandated special backdoor government access to data took a spotlight stage on Tuesday to pointedly criticize tech companies who offer default strong encryption on devices saying he was preparing for the argument to extend into 2017 and beyond. They're not firing him, I guess the encryption debate stormed onto a center stage last year when the FBI tried to compel Apple to decrypt an iPhone. One of the San Bernardino terrorists used the debate has recently shrunk from public view as the 2016 election approaches but it promises to return in full force after the votes are counted. I can't resist talking about encryption and going dark, he said Tuesday morning to the 2016 Semantic Government Symposium. Going dark, Comey's phase for data rendered inaccessible due to encryption, is not a technical problem, he argued on Tuesday, but a business model problem. Tech companies are choosing a path of encryption for marketing, not security, he claimed. Since Edward Snowden's 2013 leak of documents detailing NSA mass surveillance, Comey warned his work is becoming increasingly difficult. Although he did name-check Snowden early in his talk, Comey conspicuously omitted the political shockwave over surveillance that the NSA contractor's whistleblowing produced. Instead, Comey referred to the agreement between security and privacy at the core of of the ideals of the United States, but he made no explicit mention of the global debate over American spying that was such a forceful catalyst for this debate and the subsequent spread of encryption. That's a continuous and glaring omission, but it fits neatly with Comey's past positions on civil liberties. In 2006, with the Patriot Act at the center of American political conversation, Comey dismissed the critics then as well. There has not been a trade-off between liberty and security in our response to terrorism in this country and in our efforts to offer security to the people of the United States. <laughs> <Liar. clears throat> on Tuesday, the head of the FBI focused instead on making the case that American tech companies pushing default encryption, Apple's decision to encrypt iPhones by default, has attracted the most attention, have lied by omission in their public statements on encryption. He pointed specifically to a May 2016 letter from a Silicon Valley firm to President Barack Obama, which Comey said listed the benefits, but ignored the costs and widespread ubiquitous encryption. Either they don't see the cost, or they're not being fair-minded about the cost, Comey said, and that's a bit depressing. Encryption is the process of encoding data so that only authorized users can access it. This can protect data from hackers, spies, surveillance criminals, police, and the FBI, even when they have a court order encryption protects everything from credit card transactions online to private communications the debate so far has focused on a few key points including government overreach eroding privacy and the risk that encryption backdoors would undermine security for anyone who uses it carmi argued argued that mandating special access backdoors into encrypted data would not necessarily weaken encryption and overall cybersecurity A large and vocal pack of technologists disagree with the director. If there is a golden key or a backdoor, then it can be leaked or stolen. And then that puts everyone at risk because the key or backdoor is not device slash user specific, but works for everyone. Callie Sonoli, a Middle East based cybersecurity specialist and founder of Krypton Security, told the Daily Dot after Comey's speech. Even if it was user or device specific, it would still mean that there is a weakness in the encryption slash security of data. Robert Graham, CEO of Arata Security, echoed Sonali's ascent last year. The FBI makes this proposal to look like they're looking for simple law to add a simple feature, he said. But When you look into it, what they're really asking for is dramatic. It's a huge thing. They'd need to outlaw certain kinds of code. Processing crypto code would become illegal. You can't build a back door that only the good guys can walk through, cryptographer and author Bruce Shiner has argued. Encryption protects against cyber criminals, industrial competitors, the Chinese secret police, and the FBI. You're either vulnerable to eavesdropping by any of them, or you're secure from eavesdropping by all of them. Other author, other experts offered another view. It's not possible to make a going dark solution that has zero risk. Matt Tate, CEO of capital alpha security told the daily dot but comey is right that the technical risks are largely overstated by the privacy community and the risks of going dark are not borne by the technology companies who are locally minimizing risks to themselves rather than gloomily minimizing the risk to the public tate continued not only is the risk of theft lower than privacy community makes it out to be but it wouldn't impact it if it were to occur to also be minimized. Golden key loss wouldn't imply mass loss of data. What? Okay. From privacy community, from the privacy community, the objection to golden keys is unambiguously ideological and not technically motivated. That's why we hear lots of, it can't be done. And it's not secure rather than here's the solution, but there are the risks. Gomi pleaded for a quote adult conversation that avoided the intensity of emotion that has characterized earlier debates around encryption. He has laid out his arguments for an audience of cybersecurity professionals in Washington, DC. The challenge we face is the advent of default ubiquitous, strong encryption is making more and more of the room. We are charged to investigate dark. There was always a corner of that room that was dark. Sophisticated actors could always get access either to devices or for live comms to encryption. What has happened in the three years that I've been director of the FBI post-Snowden is that dark corner of the room, especially through default encryption, especially through default encryption on devices, that shadow is spreading through more and more of the room. This guy's a fuckwit. I I, I don't even know what else to fucking say about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he is... He, he's found two or three... Alleged security experts that agree with him, and and he's using them to make his case. When anyone with half a brain who's ever worked in any sort of security knows putting a backdoor in is a really, really stupid idea.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, just for example, there's been 10 or 11 big hospitals that have been held for cyber ransom.
2: Yeah.
1: Over their databases. I mean, and that's hospitals. That's oh, stuff you think was secure. No. Yeah,
0: I mean that guy in the story who who's going, oh, the the golden golden key getting stolen or whatever. Oh, that's they're overstating how, how easily that'd happen. Blah blah. No, they're not. Okay. Right. I Remember the launch of the Xbox,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and Mike, some idiot in Microsoft actually made the statement, "Oh, our operating system can't be hacked on this." 24 (laughs) hours later somebody in Korea had Linux running on the Xbox.
1: You know, they're just... They're going to force people into... They're definitely going to force people into encryption in a much greater way than if they had, you know gone about this differently but yeah. the things he says and the things he's done and said in the past
2: oh
0: yeah he has terrible. no understanding of modern technology as far as from anything he said well, not I mean, zero
1: no i mean i'm surprised and, he,
0: he 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 actually manages to turn up places and make speeches
1: <laughs> so you know what i did do this week I read um, the FOI FBI uh, note on the Hillary Clinton uh, email thing.
2: Yeah.
1: What struck me, and it's not something that's being spoken about at all, is she had 13 or 14 BlackBerry devices. Mm -hmm. And when she couldn't figure out how to use them, right, because you know, she's used to old technology and she only knows how to use the original BlackBerry she started out with. Yeah. Not any of the newer, better encrypted ones. Uh, Her people would take and bust them up with hammers. (laughs) That sounds like a person who's completely legit and above board. But I just—that was something interesting, and that was on page nine of the first set of documents. I didn't go really through the whole thing, but uh, I just—I found that pretty amazing.
2: Well,
0: looking at it on the bright side, she's smarter than some politicians. <laughs> a, a, a lot of them, the, the offices would have sold on the phone secondhand.
2: Uh,
1: they didn't—they didn't sell the phone, but one of the Apple, because everything was on an Apple server. Right. Yeah. Um The Clinton Foundation had everything on an Apple server. Well, that Apple server, no one knows what happens to it, but they think somebody sold it. Yeah. So it, that's re- the FBI stuff is is pretty depressing. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. It. Uh, have you got anything that you want to talk about?
0: Not really. No. I say the only thing that's really happened over here is yeah. Today, well, just before the show, yeah, David Cameron is resigning as an MP, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's going to go start his pig fucking, I mean, pig farming <laughs> business. Yes. <laughs> no, no doubt he
0: will be joining Tony Blair on the speaker circuit, uh, and be getting lucrative director positions all over the place.
1: I don't understand how these people can wreck everybody's, basically, life, um... With doing the shit they've done And then just go blithely off into Waltz the sunset off and become happened.
0: millionaires but Yeah
1: I don't, you know People like that For some of the things they've done Just like Henry Kissinger Should be arrested for war crimes And, and you can make that argument about A lot of your leaders and a hell of a lot of, Um I just don't understand how they just walk away Yeah And people are like, oh, he's a hero of mine. Really? You do know that he lied about this, and because of that, this happened. It's it's crazy to me. People don't know not only the past history of, say, how their country was founded, or the documents that are supposed to lay out whatever natural-born rights they have, right? So they're... um, All those documents and all the things that lay out the founding of of a lot of countries, people don't necessarily not only not know that or know about that, they don't even know their like more recent history. Yeah. They you know that's the surest way to get a bunch of people who are fine with the kind of things that you see happening today, like them trying to take away encryption and complete security and turn the world into for better or worse a panopticon i just I, I find it distressing but i guess if you're looking for pokemon it's all all good <laughs> so yeah somebody work was telling me they added more pokemon today and i'm just looking at them going why would you tell me this i've, I've never even opened that app. i've never opened the app i've never seen it my stuff is like you know signals, open whisper systems on my phone, red phones on my phone. I don't really have a whole lot of, of apps that leak a lot of data or, or anything like that because, you know, I I'm probably paranoid. <laughs> but I also think for encryption to work on a large scale, people need to use those apps that are, are ready made, tailor made for it, so that there's A stream that we all sort of blend in and no one really sticks out. Yeah, And that's why I use a lot of that stuff.
0: Well, whenever you get around to replacing your phone, which eventually does happen, uh, I think it's the Crafty Fox might be the one for you. It's a semi-secure commercially made phone. You know the proper secure phones cost a fortune, but the Crafty Fox is uh, a, a cheap cheaper android phone but has okay. security in mind
1: that's actually a really good thing
0: yeah they, they do several <laughs> models they've got a speedy fox and stuff like that but yeah it's the, it's the crafty fox is their secure one yeah
2: okay i am as if they're still selling
0: play. it but yeah well,
1: i mean it, what a couple of the companies were selling something called uh, a snowden phone <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, really? Does that sense? Makes... But it had it had a lot of those apps by default, so they called yeah. it the Snowden phone. Um, because well, that's can... it. I mean, all what the crafty can...
0: foxes is, is a Android phone, and the standard Google apps have been replaced with things like um, Red Phone and stuff like that. You know.
2: Oh yeah. That's yeah, all well, they've
0: I mean, done I... to secure it, but it's still better than nothing. So yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: what I was going to say is. Um, Actually, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of really good apps. Um, my, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I was actually working on a, a website for the show notes and stuff. And I guess I didn't even show you, did I?
2: Probably don't think I, didn't so. cause
1: I probably didn't because I'm a bonehead. Um, but that's up now. <laughs> it's up and it's functional as it were. And there's probably spelling errors and stuff because I've been doing it a while, but it's up. Um, and it's, it's just auntie nanny.com. So if anybody wants to look and see the show notes and stuff, it's there. Um, you probably do stick out if you're using those apps. That's why more people need to do it. Um, you know i wish tor were more secure um there's there's been a lot of weird stuff happening with tor since the apple bomb incident that uh, makes me pretty uncomfortable with using it and it's a shame because it was at least secure if it wasn't um it's not super fast um but there's probably things to do like uh Linux on your machine use that DuckDuckGo, all those sorts of things. If more people just use that by default, just because um I think cybersecurity would be a whole lot better. I like DuckDuckGo. Um <laughs> it doesn't shovel an opinion at you like Google. Uh it's good it's it's good and i mean there's there's tons of other like really decent apps um that you can get not just for your phone but um everything else i mean wire is a pretty good app you can put it on your computer and uh it it's very good
2: um you know, well, incidentally, apologise for back, really uh, I will apologise for any, any background
0: done. noise you might be hearing. Uh, there's a rainstorm going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If you can hear a drumming noise oh, in the background, please.
1: there was thunder <laughs> right over my. There was thunder right over my house. Nothing compares with that. <laughs> uh, and then Alex earlier. I don't know how much of that update went through. I mean, I know I heard some of it. But um, not so much
2: of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, as I say, he <sighs> definitely won for Bad Connection of the Week. Uh.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was pretty bad. I've never seen it quite that bad before. Yeah.
0: Yeah, when he says he found um, the worst internet, yeah, yeah he, he, he must have gone some.
1: He was right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was like that was re- that, that um, was like I'm... late 90s internet. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I know. It it sounded like dial up. Yeah. For Alex. I feel so bad he's like please tell me that you clarified that we 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 uh support the 5 cents per milliliter tax instead of the 40% tax. I don't know. I'm pretty sure people know we're definitely supporting the lesser of two evils cuz that's what we do <laughs> We don't support the worst evil because that's just stupid.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, so you guys did hear about most of the update. That's that's good. I felt really bad for Alex. Too. He was having a really hard time. I hope I don't sound like that too much. Do I
0: sound no, like no, that a don't. lot? No, uh, no, no, no.
1: I just get that Dalek-y sound.
0: Occasionally, yeah, not what time. <laughs> yeah. No. You've been fine. Th- yeah. You've been fine this week. Yeah.
1: Oh wow. That's really weird considering <laughs> how bad the weather's been and everything. But I did restart my router and then I completely restarted my computer and did a whole bunch of fun new stuff with updates before we started. So I bet it sounds crisp and shiny and new, which is nice.
0: Well, I mean, that's I mean, I nearly always do a restart before I start broadcasting because, yeah, have some updates don't happen until you restart your computer. And, and if you don't do the update, things can go horribly wrong. Yeah. yeah. Well, for a start, it, you can know, have things like it starts trying to update in the middle of you doing something.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, nobody wants that. You know, well, that's,
0: that's, that's become more of a problem as more and more people end up on Windows 10. Because yeah. unless you know what you're doing, it'll just start updating uh, Anytime it feels like. Um, yeah, it-
1: it's pretty bad. It it really is. And and Windows 10 with the legacy updates, the shit it did to people's systems. A lot of people have bricks now for computers. Yeah. Um. And and no way to stop that. And there there was a link you gave me. I think that turned off all of the the fetches.
0: Yeah. That Microsoft uh,
2: anti-beacon. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Spybot anti-beacon's been great. It really hasn't. I put it on before a while ago, and it's really been good. Like Cortana has never popped up. Yeah, Um, as
0: long as as long as you set it to yeah uh, check check that it's active every time you boot up your computer. Yeah, it it, it'll stop Windows Ten doing the more nasty shit.
1: (laughs) It does, you know. And Windows Ten is the worst thing I've seen because I think it it's more akin to spyware
2: i don't have any
0: an trouble with it but, but no, i am saying everything turned the things, <laughs>
1: exactly but most people don't know how to do that by also i have That's the why.
0: pro version not the home version so yeah.
1: yeah oh well you get a lot more options with that
0: yeah for well mm-hmm. for a start i can tell it to delay updates rather than updating whenever it feels like uh...
1: now, nothing's nicer <laughs> than that you yeah. know and, and but like it husband... still
0: forces the update on you but at least you can choose when it happens yeah,
1: yeah. Now, my husband is still on seven. I think.
0: Seven. Ooh,
1: yeah, he's he's yeah. been able to just avoid it. Avoid. It. He, he's like, I don't know. He's like, uh, he keeps trying to force Windows down on me, but it's not taking. I'm like, well, oh, yeah, I mean, it works.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can't avoid the update, but eventually, all the software around is not going to be, it's not going to run on Windows Seven. So, in the well, end, people he... are going to have to either upgrade or change operating system or.
1: Well, I, I hear Linux Mint is actually pretty good.
0: It is quite good, but um, as as an ex <laughs> Unix system uh, right. programmer, yeah, mm-hmm. I do not like Linux.
1: <laughs> I don't like. It, it is either, not but as they...
0: secure as people make out.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. I've I've really been thinking about loading it onto a USB stick so I can have because I don't want to put a partition up on my system. Yeah. So I have dual boot, so I can use one or the other. You know what I mean? Just, I think for different things, I would feel better with having Linux, even though it's not the world's most secure system. But nothing's secure. And the minute you say that something is... You've just thrown down a gauntlet to, like, a 13, 14-year-old kid with nothing else to do but figure
2: out well, a way it's,
0: in. It's all these people that say, oh, Linux is better because it's more secure and you can do all this with it. And you're like, mm-hmm. yep, um, some of the biggest hackers in the world all use Linux. All mm-hmm. all the viruses, scamware, yep. malware, all that, it's all originally written on Linux machines
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: ported over everything else.
2: Right.
0: So when you say yeah, it's no. more secure, that's just oh, no, isn't saying, true. <laughs> I'm
1: saying it. I'm saying in some instances, I would feel more secure using. Yeah. It, oh,
0: I mean, I'm there's saying. hardened versions of Linux which are very yeah. good, but yeah, the, they're so secure, you get, it takes you three times as long to get anything done. Uh, yeah. Because you're having constantly <laughs> tell it no, no, allow that. Allow, allow, allow it allow it god damn it just do what I'm telling you
2: <laughs>
1: yeah I see I don't know that there's a whole lot of other options there is there's what there's you can get a regular computer and run the Apple operating system on it I've oh you can those. get a,
0: you can get a Hackintosh, yeah
1: yeah I but, mean the so apples
0: aren't secure either
1: they're there there, there, no...
0: they've got even more data <laughs> leaks than windows
1: you know there's no perfect system. There's nope. just different ways to use different systems. And like yes. I said, certain things I do, I would feel better doing on Linux than I do on a Windows-based machine.
2: Yeah.
1: But um, I need Windows for the audio to do the podcast. so That's why I keep it. But, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of options out there for perfectly safe, perfectly secure systems.
0: Well, there isn't because um, it's impossible. Well, What uh, Mr. (laughs) Comey needs to know. Yeah, it's impossible. There is no such thing as completely secure. Apart from not using a computer at all. (laughs) That's not going to happen for me. No.
1: I don't think. I really like the internet. It's one of my favorite things. So...
0: It tends to be um, most people's favorite things. When you
2: know.
1: Yeah, but other people like it for cats and stuff. I just like it for the <laughs> amount of knowledge it's open, and I don't have to go to the library and dig through a fucking card catalog. My, my awesome.
0: computer is, my, is 100% my entertainment system, and for news and everything else. I, so, I, yeah.
1: I do news mostly. I guess I'm not a very fun person. <laughs> Jesus, that makes me really sad.
0: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just a computer gamer, you see, so yeah, I spend a lot of time on the computer, fiddling about with this and that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I do too, just not for reasons you would think, I guess. Um, And I guess that that's, I, wow,
0: 8.30. Time flies. For,
1: it does. Yeah, I guess that's it for this evening, you guys. Unless anybody's got a, a story they would like to talk about. Um, I know that The Intercept ran into a whole bunch of new, <laughs> new uh, secret Stingray manuals and stuff that they've released. And we'll probably talk about that next week because we are the unofficial Stingray show. Um, but I, I think that's it for the evening. Uh, President's trying to push through the TPD uh, Hillary Clinton thinks we're a basket of deplorables uh, she looks really unwell Bernie Sanders kicks ass at 70 years old playing basketball uh, the World Trade Organization has the most fucked up roles on earth and you can hear about 85 to 90% of the gazop date on tonight's show
0: <laughs> oh and your fridge may try and kill you at some point
1: Well, yeah, Skynet, Bridge, Teddy Ruxpin. It's all related. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, no, Windows did... uh, Microsoft killed a lot of programming that people really enjoyed. I know that people have taken their old Xboxes and turned them into media systems. Because there's not much use for an Xbox One when everything's moving over to the second Xbox so people turn that into their computer media center right? they store a bunch of crap on the hard drive and they can stream anything they want at pretty good quality, music whatever and they seem to be pretty happy with it well, I'm most, sure there's a guide out there somewhere
0: Well most most people I know that like integrated entertainment systems tend to have uh, use Kodi which you can get versions of for Any of the operating systems, so yeah,
2: yeah, there
1: you go. Well, I know most people that I know have the Android box,
0: yeah, and it's got Kodi on it. it
1: Runs on Kodi, yeah. Yeah, people absolutely love Kodi.
0: Well, it's it's open open source, so yeah, Uh, yeah. Whenever any of the media companies put in blocks to Kodi, when somebody. Because it's open source, some ha- some programmer somewhere, you know, finds a new, uh, in, and adds it back in. So yeah,
1: yeah. So Kodi's pretty much your window world for just about anything.
0: Well, if you really must see a film, you know, a couple of days maybe after it's been released and don't yeah. want to go to the cinema, yeah, you can do that on Kodi too. Though the quality you know- is usually terrible. <laughs>
1: I am I'm not gonna tell people to do anything illegal, but I am gonna no. say there's a lot of content on there that you wouldn't expect to find. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't have one. Like I, I don't do that. I have I I stream my C SPAN too, I watch Mr. Robot, I stream it on the computer, I'm happy as shit. I don't even use T V anymore. Oh that that is one thing.
0: one thing that came through. Uh, BBC changed the the, oh, the UK they, she, licensing, so now oh, I now you that. need to have a television license to watch streamed t- television.
2: Yeah,
1: I saw that, and it used to be if you waited a day after something was on BBC, you could watch
0: it. No, not even a day, as soon as it's finished transmitting. As soon as it appeared on iPlayer, you would watch it without a license, but they've closed that loophole. It's not going to gain them any more money. Uh, no, but it's not. Because the license fee is an outdated concept that should have been get rid of about 30 years ago.
1: See, I don't understand, like, state-sponsored news, right? And and taxpayer-funded news. So, like, what you have with the BBC and what I have over here with, like, PBS, a lot of the political stuff on there is straight propaganda. I mean, it's straight propaganda. So... it's not always the best source for news.
2: No.
1: Um, Sky News does a good job.
0: <laughs> Sky News does not do a good job. <laughs>
1: well, they don't do a great job, obviously, but I mean, they're at least it's a somewhat different opinion.
0: It's a Murdoch-owned um, enterprise, however, so yeah.
2: Well,
1: you want a real different opinion, you go to RT.
0: Yeah. RT. The BBC are they they do have bias, but they're not nearly as bad as Sky, as far as bias goes.
1: Well, what I was going to say about BBC is, like, I can watch it and get news about drone strikes and stuff that I'll never <laughs> yeah. see on the news here. You know what I mean? So, it's good for me, but not great for you.
2: Yeah, and well, if, you my, think, yeah. if you
1: watch my if you my news that comes on here, you'd just hang yourself, because there's no news content in it at all.
0: I, I have seen American <laughs> TV news, and yeah, I, I don't know how they get to call it news, to be honest.
1: Do you understand why I watch it only C-SPAN and Mr. Robot? <laughs> <laughs> I think you do, because yeah. most of the TV is, is not, um...
0: Usually I've seen wonderful. bits of it because there are people taking the piss out of it on YouTube.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: you go on there's some ridiculous news story and you're like, really, they broadcast that?
1: Yeah yeah we did i'm sure we did yeah if 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 they're making fun of it yeah we did so there's that and i guess that's it for this evening so muppets and advert Okie
2: dokie.
0: why
3: do we always come here i guess we'll never know it's like a kind of torture to have to watch the show
1: Why spend hours searching for in-stock ammunition when you can use AmmoSeek.com? AmmoSeek.com is a search engine for finding ammunition, reloading components, magazines, and guns for more than 300 calibers at more than 60 online retailers. AmmoSeek.com only shows items that are in-stock and readily available for shipping. You can search by caliber, grains, manufacturer, and more. The results are displayed by cost per round, so you are able to get the very best pricing on your ammunition of choice. Find ammunition at the best prices fast, com. Thanks for
2: listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Good night.